This is Joe Bob Briggs, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Les Best, Cap of Derelicts, which I absolutely loved. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I saw it at uh, Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival, and uh, it was honestly my favorite uh, movie of the festival, and there's a lot, of, a lot of good ones. Was it really? Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. That's great. I tell you what, I, I love it. Uh, the first time I got to see the whole thing through, I just thought that they had uh, done an amazing job with it and i was just so proud to be a part of it yeah it's great because it's it's um it's fun and it's also uh it works as a horror movie it, it kind of hits all of the notes that i that i enjoy it was a it was a great time and the crowd was really into it well good good yeah and you know and that's that that's good because stuff happens in there that you don't expect and and that you're sorry to see, and I'm glad that people can still enjoy it, even though they might be disappointed with some uh, some plot twists that occur. But uh, anyway, no, that's, yeah. that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, and I was glad I liked it because uh, Brett was there, the director, with his dad. And oh, they were very, right. Yeah, and they were very nice to me all weekend, and I kept thinking, oh, man, I hope I like their movie. Because <laughs> then it's kind of <laughs> awkward if you don't. But it was very <laughs> Exactly. Then you don't have a lot to say. It's like, well... Great meeting you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so how did how did you get, uh, well, how did you get involved in Derelicts? Well, um, you know, I had been playing um, mostly straight laced middle class guys um, in a lot of my earlier roles, and I saw the description 
in a, in a casting call, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to break out and do something that's uh, completely outside of, of, you know, so that I don't get typed. Um, and so I, you know, I was actually growing my hair out for, um, for another role where I needed a, a comb over. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to use that for, um, for this guy and went in, um, auditioned and they, they, uh, got the call back and I was just thrilled and, uh, and got cast. And, um, that, that's really, it was just a typical thing. They didn't have any idea who I was. I didn't know who they were, but I loved the, the script, the sides that they sent me. And I was just excited about the possibility. Yeah. So in the audition, did you play cat pretty much like you did in the movie? There were, there were some, there were some changes. Um, I think I played him a bit more completely unhinged. Um, you know, like a one man wrecking crew in the audition. And, and, um, and as you know, in the movie, I'm a little bit more of a stabilizing leader that kind of tries to control a lot of the elements, even though I, um, I do have some parts where I'm, um, trying to instill some intimidation and get control of the circumstances. But, but, um, I'm not, I'm not unhinged as much, um, in the movie. And so that part changed a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what, what were some of the, like, uh, your influences or the, you know, how did you come up with like some of the mannerisms and the look and how you portrayed the character? Well, I, you know, um, I saw him from the outset being kind of a, um, a middle-aged redneck Charles Manson. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way I, I saw him. And so, um, I did some, did some reading, uh, about Charles Manson and I, um, and, and I'll be honest with you, Neil, I probably did more character research on cap than I've done just about any role. I think I wrote about 60, 70 pages Mm-hmm. of character background because I wanted, you know, when you, when you play a role like that, you don't want it to be external. You want it to be internal. You want it to come from the inside out and you've got to have the, um, the stuff that's happened. The homework has got to be in there internally. And, um, so there were a lot of pieces that, um, um, I, I developed, you know, through, through research. Uh, Brett was always great because, if I had any questions, if there were any gaps in the material and I didn't understand a reference to something, I could call him up. And uh, he'd obviously written a great deal more information than what was on the paper. And so there were a lot of times he was able to give me um, a great deal of information about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were times when he said, you know, that's an interesting question. Why don't you do it and let me know how that comes out? And uh, so there was some, some give and take with that. And then we also had opportunities to get together as groups, all of the all of the homeless crew got together uh, on a number of occasions um, to kind of work together and become a team together and understand. And, and we developed some of those um, personality traits and physical attributes during that time. Yeah, I think that definitely comes through because you could tell there's uh, not only like chemistry among everybody, but, uh, you know, not everyone necessarily gets along. It's like a real family, you know. 
Uh, there's, yeah, you know, there's a tension between different people. And uh, I always think if you do the, the the background of your character, even if the audience doesn't know it, I think it comes through that there's you know more layers to this person. They're more like a you know an actual person is as opposed to just like one dimensional. Yeah, well, and, and that's what I would hope, and and I appreciate you saying that because, um, uh, yeah, I mean that's obviously that is that is the goal that that there is uh, that view that there is some depth there that we're not getting to see all of it on screen. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Charles Manson, in no way uh, like to defend him or anything, but you know, there's a lot of things that made him who he was. You know how he grew up and uh, in and yes. out of prison and stuff. So. And there's a great speech actually right. by uh, by the uh, Black Forest character Sam Pleasant, which oh, kind of goes into that. Yeah, and and uh, Black Forest and I were we were kind of like a, a father and son. I mean, we kind of adopted uh, each other, and uh, and he does go a little bit more into his past. And I I love the writing, and I so love the way that uh, Black Forest uh, takes that and delivers it. it I, I thought it was mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Had you worked with, uh, I know you guys, you said that you guys um, had a time to, to get together uh, to rehearse a little bit to, you know, as a group, but had you worked with anyone before? Um, no one. Uh, well, no, 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 no. The, the, um, uh, the old man, um, um, uh, the old, the old bald guy, yeah, we had just finished uh-huh. a. Uh, in fact, if you if you watched my reel, you saw a little bit of a, I did see a scene him, yeah. that I did with him, mm-hmm. and he was that was the only time, and we had already gotten cast in that other. It was a short, and so when we came together for the table read on this one, we didn't know that the other person was there, and uh, and it was it was quite humorous <laughs> because the, the the movies were completely different. Right. Yeah. It's a great uh, ensemble cast. There's like no throwaway characters. I thought everyone uh, did a great job on both sides, both families. Right, right. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, uh, you knew that there was something interesting and special happening when you were on set. Uh, but obviously, you're at the mercy of the editors. You're at the mercy of of the, you know the particular cut that they choose and how they put it all together, and. Uh, and I think they took some decent material and really, really made something special out of it. Yeah. Now, uh, Brett did tell me, um, I have a video interview with him, and he said that you did have some uh, issues with some of the uh, the dialogue in the movie originally. Um, yeah, well, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't like the term, um, it, it was a, it was a specific term. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you see the movie, it's pretty blue. There's a lot of cussing in it. I don't like to use the word mm-hmm. GD. I don't like right. GD. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And so, so I I went to him and I said, you know, I is there any way that we can avoid that? I think I can get the point across using some other expletive other than that. And mm-hmm. and uh, and he. He gave me permission. He he talked to uh, everyone else, and and we went over what we were going to do instead. And he said, "Yeah, that'll be fine." Yeah, but there were only and, a couple of those. Sure, and uh, he you know he's a pretty young guy, and I believe this is his first. It is his first um, feature that he directed. So um, right, when you first go in, what did you think of him, and what was he like? You know, once you started to to work with him. Um. 
Well, when, when I first went in, it wasn't when I, when I auditioned from the very outset, it was the whole crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Clay and Matt and, and Uday and, and, and all of them. I mean, there were probably eight or nine people. I'm a casting director. They were a team and they were all in there. In fact, I didn't know who the writer was, who was what. I just knew that there were a bunch of people and they were working together. And it was the same thing when we went in um, for the uh, for the call for the callback. But uh, when we started working, it was evident that it was him. I was so impressed with um, when you see the script uh, and, you know, you can see that, that they understand um, not humanity, but, but a little bit of uh, pathology in humanity and <laughs> how that could play out. And I didn't know where he'd come up with some of the uh, some of the writing that he had done, but I was so impressed with it. And I loved when I asked him questions, how thorough he was. Um, yeah, I would work. I would work with uh, Brett again in a heartbeat. I I think he's uh, just incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a? Do you have any favorite lines? Because there are there are there is great dialogue throughout the whole movie. Um, I think my favorite line, and it was kind of downplayed, almost as a throwaway, but uh, uh, when the dad is telling me what his name is, because I'm making fun of his name and I'm calling him Gregory David Hess, who played mm-hmm. that role brilliantly there are yeah, a couple of actors that i just absolutely loved and david was one of them but he's telling me my name is greg and i respond to him and my name is death mm-hmm. um i love that line and i thought i thought as i read it that that would be a big thundering line but it was just uh-huh. more of a throwaway but i still love the line yeah well, now you said you saw it um have you watched it with an audience, like at any festivals or anything? Yes, yes. We they 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 did a premiere uh, for the for the cast at uh, at Alamo Draft House in Austin. Oh, nice. And uh, and so there was uh, you know family that that got to see it, and they uh, laughed at the parts that I thought they might miss. Uh-huh. They, um, yeah, they they really really appreciated it and and i was thrilled yeah yeah so what, what's that experience like to watch a, a mo- your movie with an audience see, uh, with yourself on the big screen um you know there's there's really there's really nothing like it i think i think for me um one of the things that i've always wanted to do is is watch a movie with an audience and then not know that I was up there, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just go into a, go into a theater somewhere and, and watch it and just be able to see them where, you know, they're watching it, um, without, without any concern for, for reacting the right way. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, so I, I think that is just, just an amazing experience to be able to see it, to see your work, to see how it's, received and appreciated because in film we don't get that you know you're that's what you live on and on stage mm-hmm. you know that that the audience is the a part of the performance because they can make or break uh your performance you sense them you feel them you hear them and you don't get that in film unless you're in that audience and get to see that and so um it really completes the 
completes the loop for you, so to speak. You know, it, it just comes full, um, full circle for you. Yeah. Is that your background in acting, uh, stage acting? It is. It is. And and uh, I only started doing film probably about uh, uh, five years ago. And uh, because I was teaching theater at the time to middle school students, they were asking questions about film. And I didn't want to just have to tell them from what I was reading. I wanted to experience it. So I started doing some uh, extra work and then just fell in love with it. Hmm. So uh, what made you want to be uh, become an actor? Um, when I was a, when I was young, I saw a theater production. I mean, I was five years old, saw a theater production. Um, and I, they, they were sixth graders performing. They were kids like me and the audience was laughing. They were clapping. They were respecting them and, and enjoying their performance. And it was just magical. And I wanted to be a part of that. I thought that, that, uh, my play, um, socially in school, I, whenever I, um, started doing theater, I, suddenly became a part of things that I was excluded from in the past. So it was a, a way of meeting people and becoming a part of things. Yeah. Well, were there any like, uh, either actors or, or movies or TV shows that you watch? Like, uh, uh, you thought like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, whenever, when I was a kid, I loved, uh, Red Skelton and he would get up there and do, and do comedy. But I think yeah. that, I think that the show that I watched over and over again that I loved that um, was Twilight Zone. I grew oh, up nice. on Twilight Zone, and I loved what they did, and uh, and that became the kind of horror type um, movie or or genre that type of of horror genre that I really loved that makes you think that is mm -hmm. more character driven. Yeah, are you looking forward to the new one? Um, absolutely. Oh, I think it's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're fantastic. So, uh, so your first time uh, kind of playing um, a very dark character. What was the experience like? Uh, first time playing what? Like so a dark character? Are you talking? Yeah, like a dark um, uh, villain. Yeah, it was um, playing. You know, I will tell you, playing Cap was was tough because he um it was such a transformation it wasn't an easy flip in and flip out i think that one was hard because it took a little bit longer to um to to drop him off i think they they got us through uh pretty quickly i think we shot that uh movie in um under a month and and that's probably good if if i'd had to keep him on board much longer it would have um uh, it, it wouldn't have gone well <laughs> that was that was tough um probably probably one of the hardest to to, to drop off mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting because when when i saw your uh your pictures like on imdb i was like oh he looks like a nice guy i don't know what i was expecting i didn't expect you to have like an ex card <laughs> in your or anything but you know <laughs> but much different right that thing, yeah. 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 yeah oh yeah he was he was a complete departure. And uh, there's um there's a real lack of Thanksgiving horror movies. There's like there's a ton of Christmas horror movies. And uh so right. This one finally we get a good Christmas, I mean a Thanksgiving uh, horror movie, which I even um 
a couple weeks ago, uh, Joe Bob Riggs, he did the uh, a marathon for Thanksgiving horror movies, and there was only like four. And uh, I had him on the show, and I, oh, and I suggested God. that he watch Derelicts. <laughs> That's great. I wonder if he did. I don't know. But I told him he's asked to check it out. Yeah. Cause it, it, there's, like I said, there's not too many of them, but it's definitely my favorite Thanksgiving uh, horror movie. I, you know, it, it, um, the thing that I, the thing that I loved about Derelicts, and I guess we don't want to give too much away, but, yeah. but it's not like we take, we, it's not like we take a pristine, wonderful family mm-hmm. and then turn this group on them. It's like this family, there's something off, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I appreciate, I appreciate that. I mean, um, but I, I do love that there's some, some good in the derelicts themselves and Forrest wants to go around and, and have people talk about what they're thankful for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that, that just cracks me up and he's being sincere. He wants to know what, <laughs> what people are thankful for because yeah. it's Thanksgiving, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. almost, it's almost a, a dark sweet kind of thing, you know? I agree. And, uh, so most of the movie takes place in the house. Was it an actual house like that they rented? Yes, it was. It was an actual house. They did um, slight uh, alterations to the house, added a wall here, and and uh, made some made some changes. And I I hear that the um, the cleanup was absolutely brutal when they <laughs> had to get rid of blood. Uh-huh. Uh, we had blood on the ceiling from. Um, one miscue on a <laughs> on one particular uh, special effect, but um, yeah, there was there was a lot of a lot of cleaning up. I mean, not only did we shoot in the house, I mean, they were living in that house and um, in and outside, and it uh, in a little neighborhood, and and so we had very specific directions on where we could park. So that, so that we weren't raising too much concerns yeah. from, uh, did, from neighbors. Did any neighbors see, like, you guys, like, in costume or covered in blood or anything, like, walking outside? Um, yeah, they would They would see us. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the derelicts themselves have all these uh, like, markings yeah. all over their face and yellow <laughs> teeth and, and <laughs> all the, all the pieces, you know, just the dirtiness. And uh, so we would see people and, and they, we got some looks. We got quite a few looks. But, you know, I wear glasses in in real life and for uh-huh. the movie, I don't wear glasses. So whenever I was, when we were taking a break, we were outside, I couldn't see people's expressions, but I would look at the people <laughs> around me and they would be chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good yeah so uh how about the truck scene because uh during the q a in buffalo um it was brought up that the, the truck was moving pretty fast actually when they were filming that oh yeah yeah we were going full speed mm-hmm. yeah and um <laughs> yeah i don't know how dangerous that was and and um <laughs> i was driving without glasses so it may have been more dangerous than they realized but uh yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was a it was a great scene it was a great yeah. scene but it was out in the country so it's not like uh there were a lot of cars that, that we had to worry about yeah. yeah so when um how long from when you filmed it uh till it was finished oh my gosh 
this this one took it took quite a while. I bet it was um, eighteen months. Um, I bet it was eighteen months, and um, and I think they went back and forth on a couple of scenes because I will tell you, I think the movie from the original script could have been um, more in terms of um, one hundred and ten minutes, almost two hours. Mm-hmm. And they cut out and refined and and just got it to a point where they were able to get it in seventy minutes, and that blew me away. But I liked the choices that they made. I mean, it was a a lean, mean movie, but um, I think they they really worked hard to um, to get the best product they could, and it took them took them a long time. But they didn't want to rush it and uh, compromise anything. Yeah. No, um, once you saw it with, uh, with the score and, and any, you know, I'll, I'll put together, edit together. Well, you know, what was your initial like reaction to it? Um, my initial reaction honestly was that it had turned out better than I expected it to. And that I thought, I truly believed that it was marketable. I thought this I is something that, 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 uh, we find the right niche, this, this thing, um, is is completely viewable and enjoyable. I think, I think they've they've done what they set out to do, and that was that was my initial reaction. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. I told you know Brett in, in Buffalo and uh, and Greg who 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 ran it. I said, uh, I think if this movie if it gets out there, it'll be um, it could really catch on with audiences because it's uh, not necessarily mainstream, but it's it's uh, more accessible than a lot of like uh, some other movies that, that were there. It could appeal to a larger audience. Right. I think. Yeah, 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 and and I think I think you know there were some times there were some some scenes um, that they kind of worried about how do we want to play this out because we don't want to go over the top or do something that's um, that's going to turn people off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the um, the scene when they bring in. Well, and I, I don't want to give that away. There were just scenes that they <laughs> were going back and forth on um, how to do things to keep it accessible. Um, and, you know, anytime you're looking at movie making, there's always going to be that that little bit of, of uh, pressure between art and and um, being commercially viable. And and sometimes you've got to make those decisions. Mm hmm. And, uh, did you know that all the characters uh, for, for your particular family was uh, are named after cold cuts? <laughs> I might have heard that. I might have heard uh-huh. that and just forgot about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It came up in the internet, and I, I did, and then I started thinking. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of it's a, it's a just a little thing that's there, and, and I dig it." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, yeah. thank you for that. I will definitely think about that the next time I have a chance to see it. <laughs> right. So, uh, I have to ask, I haven't mentioned, I didn't bring up Turk, uh, who has the, uh, who's the, on the, on the poster with the, uh, the teddy bear mask, which right. is so bizarre. And, uh, and the fact that it has like the whole bear with the arms and legs adds like a really element of, uh, just the uh, oddness to it. <laughs> So uh, what yeah, was he like I, though, to yeah. work with, to act with, I guess, Turk? Um, you know, I will tell you, he's another example where 
uh, he was part of that original group that were the writers. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how much of Turk was something that they were talking about all the time, or if it was something that he was kind of coming up on his own. But he, as a person, um, the nicest guy in the world, the nicest guy, wonderful uh, to spend time with and, and talk to, just so easygoing. And then he gets into his character and um, is this complete um, uh, crazy um, maniac, um, almost, you know, animalistic. And I thought, um, I thought he, he did it brilliantly. I, I loved working with him. I loved working off of him. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. And, uh, I love the poster art too, by the way. It's, uh, yeah, that's what got me, yeah, you know, yeah, first yeah. of all, you, you know, you see it and I was like, wow, that's a, that, that looks interesting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the poster. I do. And it's totally different than what you see, you know, from, from yeah, other movies. Pretty, I, I liked it. Yeah, it's definitely unique. Yeah, it stands out. So, uh, are you a horror? I know you mentioned Twilight Zone, but are you a horror movie fan? I am. I am. But I, I will tell you that um, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that um, I don't get into like uh, Friday the 13th or Halloween. Um, I like character driven, intelligent stuff. Um, I remember growing up, uh, my, the first horror movie, I mean, outside of, outside of uh, Twilight Zone. First movie I fell in love with was Burnt Offering with Oliver Reed and Karen Black. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, Oliver Reed's a man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I absolutely loved that movie. Um, I loved the way they developed it. And it kind of anything that, that um, makes the audience wonder how much of this is real, how much of this is psychological. And, and they kind of play with you there. Um, I remember falling in love with uh, When a Stranger Calls, the original one, not the, not the remake. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, Carol Kane. Um, loved that. Um, always loved um, Albert Hitchcock stuff. Uh, growing up, like the Blob and Wolfman. Um, <laughs> yeah, loved, loved all of that. But I'm, I'm more in what is believable, to be honest with you. What, I, what, what gets me, I'm, I'm not so much the jumpy kind. I like stuff that is intelligent and it makes you wonder, could this happen? Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that's really scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's more, more, I like all kinds of stuff, but uh, if I pick like my favorite, that's probably kind of stuff that I'm into too. So uh, you, uh, now, do, do, Neil, do you get to, do you make movies? Uh, no, um, it's that's I, people have suggested that a lot lately, which is which is interesting. I've uh, I'm uh, just this year from doing this show, I've uh, been offered parts in some movies, which I've done. Is a that right? Yeah, um, uh, I can't say what coming up, but I just yesterday I found out I'm going to be in a a movie by a, a director that I I really like, uh, a cult director. Oh, I can cool. tell you off the air. You know, I'm very excited about that. Well, that is cool. Do you think uh, being in the movie? I'm sorry, I'm you're supposed to be interviewing me, but I do have to ask you. Do you think that that being in movies will give you a different insight? Um, I would, what you do. 
Yeah, I, I'd say definitely. Even just uh, I've done like a little, even just doing some uh, parts and being on movie sets the last couple of years, it gives me a different uh, uh, insight, like I said. And also, I really took notice to uh, Gregory Lamberson, who ran the uh, festival, and he's been directing movies for like 30 years. And just the questions uh-huh. he would ask in the Q&As, I thought were like, oh, this is stuff that, you know, I wouldn't think of asking. Most people wouldn't think of asking. It was a totally different. Uh, I thought he was really good at the Q&As because he not uh, doing the movies. Not only did he ask stuff of the directors that I wouldn't think of, but a lot of uh, distribution stuff that, that I wouldn't think about. Oh, so. oh that's cool. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's interesting. Well, I, I I asked you if you if you made movies because it seems like with your with your understanding and with your love of it, it would be mm-hmm. a natural fit. So, yeah, yeah, I might, I would like to. Uh, like I said, just the last couple of years, actually, some directors on the show told me the same thing. So it was uh, <laughs> it's encouraging. Oh, Other people correct. think I should. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how about yourself? Yeah. I know you're an actor, but uh, do you do anything on the on? Um, I don't say the creative side because obviously acting is creating. But um, uh, do you do any, like writing or directing or anything like that? You know, um, in the past, I have done. Um, I told you I was a, a teacher, and I was at the middle school level. And um, uh, you know, when you, when you're a public school teacher, um, and you don't have a budget you find yourself writing a lot and I wrote musicals. I wrote, I wrote plays and, um, um, because when you're doing things for kids, um, especially middle school and in this day and age, I, I didn't focus so much on Shakespeare. I wanted, I wanted to focus on stuff that's accessible to them. And, um, a lot of times just getting them to be a human on stage rather than being an actor, you know, on stage, you want to write stuff that's a bit more accessible. And so I did some writing, did some directing there, um, have done some other, but it was all stage. I haven't, um, I haven't done any, um, movie, um, writing for, you know, a screenplay or, or directing a movie, but you know, I definitely see myself going in that direction in the near future. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you have coming up? Um, well, I'm involved uh, right now in a movie called Nothing But the Blood. Uh, it's a local Austin uh, independent movie. Um, and believe it or not, I'm a cult leader. <laughs> but um, the the difference with this one um, is that I'm um, uh, not a redneck. I... <laughs> which which you know you think a cult leader would naturally fit into being you know redneck but uh no no in this one i'm uh the kind of the kind of cult leader that uh people are not embarrassed to go to (laughs) they they see me as um i don't know i think you know oftentimes we have a stereotype uh, regarding the intelligence of of rednecks, and um, so so many times it is so wrong, and I think that um, uh, you know your accent does not determine just because you're British does not mean you're intelligent, just because you're right. a redneck does not mean you're ignorant. So, um, but but we we removed all all uh, accent and just just had him be 
um, more intelligent and, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it's, uh, I, I would say it's a movie about the trappings of, um, religion and how sometimes, um, modern religion can, can play a negative role in, in lives. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. the approach that, that the writers have taken in that one. Hmm. Sounds interesting. So, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's a horror. It's a horror, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess more of a realistic horror. Nothing yeah. supernatural happens. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, for people for derelicts right now, it's um, at you know doing the festival run. So if uh, anyone out there does get a chance, if it's playing at a festival near you, I highly recommend it. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I would too. I think they would. I think they would love it. I don't know. If, do, do, do they have any more? Um, do we have any more planned? Uh, I, or, or are we just done for eighteen? Yeah, nineteen. Oh, okay, so it was, uh, so they've it's already uh, been at the festivals. You think? Well, they've they've probably. I think they they hit about nine of them. Mm-hmm. Um, got into Telluride and just did New York City horror. Okay. Um, of course, they did they did the Buffalo. Um, I, I think they hit about nine, so they may be just about finishing that run. And so now I think we may be looking at um, where we go next. Okay, very good. Well, hopefully it gets out there because uh, I think people are going to really dig it. Well, thank you, Neil. Thank you so much. That's awesome. wonderful hearing from you. Yeah. And uh, uh, do you have, like, social media where people can follow you? Um. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm less best. Uh-huh. I'm less best, and I'm on Facebook. All right. So they can follow me there. Very good. Well, I, I appreciate. I, I'm, you. I'm, yeah, I'm old. I'm old. I'm old, so I don't do any of the other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I understand. Uh, I'm mostly on Facebook. I don't. I don't like Twitter, and, but uh, I know I should probably use them for the show. But I'm not a big fan of them. Maybe I should get someone okay. uh, someone else to run run the Twitter for me. If anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't I always uh, yeah, I'm no good at it at all. But uh yeah. but Facebook that I, I think it's set it's good for an old man like me, so I'm I run it. All right, fair enough. Well I appreciate you doing this. It's been very fun to talk to you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Neil. It's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Very Hope good. to see you again sometime. Yeah, definitely. When uh, when the next horror movie comes out, the next time you're a cult okay. member, we'll have you back on. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good, Neil. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you so much. Yep. Hi, this is Terry McMinn from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the girl on the meat book, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Kara Mellon. Bo from Derelicts, which I love. Cara Mullen, actually. It's very commonly mispronounced. Cara Mullen. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to edit it and no one will know. Everyone will think I'm smart. <laughs> You're so smart. Yeah. So, so how did you get involved in Derelicts? Um, so I was just on, like, there was this, at the time I was on this group on Yahoo!, and uh, they just posted auditions all the time. And uh, the 
creators of Derelicts went and posted an audition, or at least their casting director, uh, Alex, did. And, yeah, um, so they had me uh, come in and read for Bo. And it turned out I actually knew the casting director. We went to a theater camp when we were, like, 16 or something together. Um, so, yeah, I went and auditioned, and they had me back a couple times. And next thing you know, I'm... A crazy hobo bitch playing in a movie, so it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever played anything uh, similar before? Not like Bo. No, nothing mm-hmm. like Bo. Um, I mean, like the closest I've ever gotten is I was in an improv troupe for a couple of years, but you know, that's on the fly. That's not creating a character from scratch like that. But yeah, um, so yeah, no, nothing like Bo. Yeah. So uh, you said uh, you're creating a character from uh, scratch like that. So how much of Bo was like uh, in the script and how much of it was what you what you made the character? Um, probably. Yeah, I'm going to just say like half and half. Um, when they were looking for somebody to play Bo, they originally wanted somebody like in their 40s, um, someone older, almost twice my age. And uh, yeah, and. And I came in and I, oh man, I just, I had a great time auditioning by itself. It was such a good time. Um, but yeah, like I, I had script and, and so I was able to dig from there and create my own stuff. Like, you know, the physical characteristics, I had my little background story that I'm sure if I like really did for it, I could probably find it again. (laughs) Yeah. So a little, quite a bit of both, I would say. Yeah. When I, when I talked to Les, he said that, uh, that everyone kind of had like a whole backstory for all their characters. And uh, did you guys like talk to talk about that with, with each other? Um, not that I recall. Um, I don't think we really talked much with each other. Like we did, a we were, now that I'm remembering, we were kind of given some like preliminary preliminary information on like how characters all kind of met each other. But I think we also kind of helped with that creation. Well, um, you know, it was over three years ago when we filmed this, so it's kind of hard to remember, but yeah, uh, it was, it was probably a little bit of a group thing and a little bit of individual stuff as well. So, yeah. yeah. Do you remember what scene it was that you did in the audition? Um, Yeah. It was the scene where I was with Leslie and I got to, it was, it was a small combination of scenes. Um, so it was the one where I bring him into the bedroom and I'm looking for clothes for us to wear. And then that kind of connected to later one where I got to use the penis pump on his eye and, <laughs> you know, suction that out. <laughs> so those two scenes awesome were scene. the audition. <laughs> so what was it like playing uh working with uh, Dalton Allen who uh plays Lust? Because you guys have a lot of great scenes together. Oh man, it it was like honestly it was the most fun I've ever had on a film set. Uh yeah, like I uh, Dalton who played Leslie was fantastic to work with because we we had to get comfortable with each other pretty fast in order to make our scenes work. And so we did. And it was also just like how much of an ensemble uh, the cast was uh, specifically the derelicts and, you know, the family had their, um, their chemistry as well, but like 
all together. It was just awesome working on that movie. I had a great time. Yeah, it is a great, like I said, ensemble cast because there's no throwaway characters. They're all very interesting and uh, all performed mm-hmm. uh, very well. A lot of fun. Yeah, totally. So, how about uh, Brett Glassberg, uh, the director? Um, he's a, you know a younger guy. So, uh, what was he like when you first met him, and uh, what was he like to work with as a director? Brett's <laughs> awesome. He's he's quite the quirky guy, um, and like as a director, he was to work with too because. He definitely had the direction he wanted to take things in, but that doesn't mean he didn't stop to, like, listen to us whenever we had ideas or we had an issue with the script or something like that. Um, He was was very uh, easy to communicate with. And, yeah, he he was awesome to work with. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Yeah, I met him uh, at at Buffalo Fantastic Film Festival, where I saw the movie. And he was uh, super nice, and I kept thinking, I hope I like the movie because it's going to be awkward, like, if I don't like the movie. You know, <laughs> really nice. But it was honestly my favorite uh, movie at the festival. I thought it was it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, it, re- it really stood out. I think um, if it gets out there, I think uh, it could be uh, a, a big hit, like a cult hit amongst uh, horror movie fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there aren't enough Thanksgiving films out in general, so that's another reason why I think the world needs to see Derelict because. Well, at least the United States, not like the world celebrates Thanksgiving, but yeah, like Thanksgiving movies need to happen more in all the genres. So horror is always the place to start because you can do anything you want there. And yeah, so I think that's another reason to get it out. (laughs) I agree hundred percent. There's like countless Christmas horror movies and more come out like every year. I think there's like five or six that came out this year. But uh, there's like there's like one horror movie that I could think of uh, for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, that's that's like it. <laughs> Thanksgiving, I love it. Yeah. And, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, who he did a, a a marathon on Thanksgiving, and like really none of them were were really connected to Thanksgiving because there wasn't many Thanksgiving movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I suggested it that he watches Derelict. So hopefully he 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 checks it out. I think he'll like it if he does. Yeah. So what's it like playing a villain? Is that fun? Fun. So yeah. fun. Like, I've played plenty of, you know, good guys, straight character, whatever. Um, and my very first acting role that I recall was in middle school. I was a little villain in, like, this little kitty play, kind of. And it was, like, about candy and stuff. And I was, like, the main one's, like, psychic almost that was fun, but you know, being Bo, that was just a whole other story. Um, <laughs> she's she's definitely out there, and she, I don't want to say has no fucks to give because you know she cares about um, she cares about her fellow derelicts, even yeah. though she puts on a front that she's kind of you know independent, but she's not because she travels with them and. And she works with them, and like she definitely, definitely cares for her brother very much. And uh, you know they all do. Um, from Forest a little, but yeah, uh, you know this, the fact that Bo is a villain and Bo is you know, in lack of better term, evil. Um, she still has the tensions of the ability to like love and care. You just have to really see 
very much of that to watching derelicts. You get to see more other side. <laughs> yeah. But you do get to see, uh, there's a great, uh, scene where, uh, where black forest has a, um, has a big speech and it, it's, a. Uh, it's good because you see, you know, what what kind of made these people, and you, and it gives you some sympathy for the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's what, another thing I love about it is the fact that, like, even though you're watching the movie, you're not necessarily rooting for the family because, the right. fam- like, everybody in the family, they're just pieces of shit, really. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, it's like. Wesley's this little pervert who just looks at porn all day. Barbara's in the bathroom doing coke and <laughs> and like the the most you know, the only character who really has like anything or, that's the closest to a good person, I would say, um I can't remember the name of the character, but Kelly's uh character. Const- um Constance. Yeah, Constance. Yeah. Uh she, yeah, that's the only character that you're not like pissed off with by the movie because she <laughs> hasn't really done anything wrong. Um, but the rest of the family are total bit bags. Um, you know, like, uh, Marcella who played, uh, I'm trying to remember the character's name right now. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, I'm better at my fellow cast names than I am the character in a little bit, but like she, she was, her character wasn't bad either because, you know, she's just dating a guy and it turns out that guy was a shit bag. But, yeah, the derelicts, they they showed way more of a family resemblance to, like, loving one another than the actual family did. And yeah. So I, I found that super awesome in the script that you weren't necessarily just rooting for the family who were the initial victims. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get to see the movie w- with an audience at any of like the festivals or screenings? I I didn't get to go to any of the festivals. I've been more like we had a show in for the casting crew at uh, one of the Alamo Draft Houses that uh, some of the casting crew actually worked at, and they got a little screening for us. And then also I've shown friends and family because they provided um, that for me, so I could do that. And it's funny the reaction that happened the most was. Oh, that was actually good, and yeah, like we was expecting it to be good, and it turned out really awesome. Um, yeah. That striker and his editing skills, and whoever else edited with him, they they did a fantastic job. I gotta say, because most of the time, that's where it really that's what it cuts down to is how good is the editing because they're going to mm-hmm. make us look good or not. So. Yeah, I, I'm just really happy that it turned out, quote unquote, actually good. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. It was a, a stand up movie, like I said. And, uh, you know, even stuff like uh, split screen, which sometimes uh, doesn't work, but it, I thought it worked in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Now, are you a horror movie fan? You know, to be perfectly honest, I am not. I get really squeamish. I get nightmares. I, I do not watch horror films, but. If I get to be in them, that's a whole nother story because I don't mind, like I said, I don't mind being the villain. I just mm-hmm. don't want to have a villain terrorize me. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, like, I like horror movies, but I still don't want a villain, you know, uh, terrorizing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. So did you, uh, did you, uh, I don't say base, but did uh, anything inspire how you played Bo? Kind of, yes. Um, so, 
in my audition, we had a callback. Or no, I, I can't remember if it was the first audition or the callback, but um, uh, so I was just uh, in the room with them by myself, no other actor involved anymore, and uh, I had to do kind of a little almost monologue. And so I did it. And then Matt Stryker actually stopped and asked me, he was like, can you do that again as a, the words he used were inbred trash can witch. <laughs> um, so I took those words and took that direction to the best of my ability. And uh, basically when I did the monologue again after that, they, uh, I, I think it was right then pretty much we all knew it was me. And uh, yeah, I kind of like took those words and based Bo off of those from there. And and there's the character you get to see before you in the suspenders and then again in the wedding dress. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to keep uh, the wedding dress or any of the wardrobes? Oh, I did not want to. Like, I kind <laughs> of wanted my, not suspenders, but overalls. I kind of wanted those because overalls are awesome. But, yeah, that wedding dress got really old to wear. I was I was pretty done wearing that. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, was there any particular scenes that were the hardest to shoot? Um, I think only because of the amount of people. Sometimes it was hard to shoot like big group scenes just to, you know, keep everybody on task and track. But even then everybody was still pretty damn professional. And, you know, we got through like, we, I'm not going to say we ever got ahead of schedule. I, we fell behind a couple times, but not as behind as most film sets do. So, I think it was a huge accomplishment. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I didn't like have any difficulty trying to find like what I needed out of a scene. I didn't have any difficulty with any of the other cast or crew. Um, it was, it was a good bit of teamwork and, and everybody helped each other and it was good. Yeah. Do you know what happened to the penis pump after the movie? I wish. No, I do not. <laughs> but there was blood everywhere inside of that thing. And it was disgustingly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about the house itself? I assume like it would get pretty bloody. Was it, was it someone's house that, that worked on the movie? Did you rent the house? Or? So basically, uh, from what I understood, they rented out the house for like a month. So we were, we were on a schedule, on a tight schedule to make sure we were done filming with this month. And they actually built a fake wall to kind of uh, make a little atrium for when we entered and then go right into the dining room from there. And, um, yeah, when we finally said that's a wrap, no more shooting, uh, Matt Stryker went ahead and literally jumped through the wall and just completely destroyed it. Um, but, yeah, we were, we were in that house for a good month you know, having to turn the air off constantly because we had to shoot. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, I thought it was what happened to the house after that. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it was, that was our main set for like a couple other scenes and some of the scenes that we filmed outside of the house didn't even make it in the movie, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was a lot of that house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it too filmed in Texas, right? Yes, we filmed in Texas, in both Austin and then just a little bit in Kyle. All right, must have been good, pretty hot, uh, without the air conditioning. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, in the middle of the summer too, and oh yeah, it was it was quite hot. I, uh, <laughs> we we were like a lot of cast would just constantly like, just strip their clothes off. I mean, not between scenes, but you know, like if we <laughs> yeah. if we got to sit out, we went off, and it's like how much of this can I go off and quickly get back on and yeah. not ruin my mic and all that fun stuff. Right. So, uh, what, what, how did you get into acting? What made you want to become an actor? I have been acting since middle school. Um, I was in a bunch of plays, and I generally like being the center of attention. And I like people clapping for me and cheering for me. And, you know, I, I like being out there. And But, uh, yeah, so when I got to Austin, I transitioned over to film because I was a theater actor for a long time. And turns out I actually enjoy the film world much more. I figured the egos would be bigger, but they're actually really not. And yeah, and acting is just, it's been a passion for a long time and it's, it's always been a fun, um, you know, I try not to get involved in projects I'm not going to have fun with. And mm-hmm. this one was very much a project I had fun with. Yeah. So uh, what do you have uh, coming up? Um, Acting-wise, at the moment, nothing. I haven't really been acting too much in a while. Um, I've kind of gone towards my other passions. Um, I'm a massage therapist and actually a fitness instructor, too. Um, so I've been kind of spending more time in that world. But if I do get back into film, I think I'll probably head more towards the stunt side. Um, I started doing, after the film, I started doing a lot of parkour and some stunt training and uh yeah just cool. i did see on facebook, I, to, like, jump I did see on facebook you were like <laughs> hanging upside down with nunchucks I was, yeah, that was pretty cool. oh yeah <laughs> um so i um yeah, I, I i mean i'm above the notch as far as nunchucks go but uh, you know i'm, I'm let's call me an intermediate nunchucker um <laughs> but yeah i was i was hanging from a euro um, so yeah, I do some aerial arts now too. And actually, um, me and Marcella, uh, we just had a, an aerial case. She did Lyra and I was up on silks and yeah, it was a great time. And I like moving around and, you know, being active and all that stuff. Yeah. You can become, you can become a ninja. <laughs> I'm as far as, you know, I already am. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do not want to anger you then. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to anger Bo either. See what she does. No, she's mad. Very true. <laughs> but uh, I loved. I really did love Daryl. Like, thought it was great. And I hope people check it out when it's uh, when it's out there and it's available. And it was uh, very fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is it, Gwen from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the guy behind the Peterbilt wheel. And you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Dalton Allen Leslie of Derelicts. It's very cool to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Cool. So I'm a big fan of Derelicts. I got to see it at uh, Buffalo Films Fan Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. It's a very long name, and uh, it was actually my favorite uh, movie of the festival. Oh, that's that's really kind. Thank you very much. Yeah. So how did uh, you get involved, Derelicts? I'm sorry if I talked over you. Uh, no, 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 sorry. Do you want to 
take it again? Or do you, I, I don't know, how, do you edit this very much, or is this all going to be in the interview now? Oh, I edit some of it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, sorry, so what was the question again? So how did you get involved in Derelicts? I went to film school with um, a couple of the producers and writers. Uh, we were basically just a big friend group um, that knew each other, and they were... I wasn't, I wasn't involved in the pre-production of the movie at all, but they were looking to cast someone as this, like, really shitty son of this family, Leslie. Um, and I, I'll take it as a compliment, but they, they, uh, my friend Matt thought of me um, and thought I would be good for the role. So they, they had me come in to audition, and they liked it, and they cast me out of that. So that's how I got involved. Yeah. So uh, did you, because I know that uh, some of the makers, that they've done like some short films. Did, did you do any of those with them? Uh, not too much. Not pre-derelicts. Um, the, one of the producers, Matt Stryker, and I have since made some short films together. Um, and we've been, I like, in school, I worked on, I would like crew their short films. And I was the editor for one of Matt's films. But, um not yeah, not not too, not too much. That was really for most of the crew in that uh, group. That was kind of my first real working relationship with them. I mostly just knew them through uh, parties and friendships and stuff. Yeah. So when when you went to film school, um, were you wanting to be like a, a director, or, or or did you always want to be an actor? What were you going to film school for? Uh. Yeah, it's it's funny. I've had a weird arc. Like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. Like, I feel like probably 70, 80% of kids do at one point, however briefly. Um, and then that that slowly morphed into wanting to be a writer, and then that morphed into being a filmmaker. So I went to school to be a writer-director. Um, but then somewhere, mostly, it, it actually happened post-college. I, like kind of rekindled my love for performing because I, I did acting in high school and stuff. Um, but I started taking improv out of college and that's what really like re-sparked my, uh, my bug for acting and stuff. So uh, Derelux also was a big part of it. It was early on in that group. And so when, when my friend Matt, when Matt came to me uh, asking if I wanted to audition for it, it I, I took the opportunity as like a sign that maybe I should put more effort into this aspect of it and i think it's it's worked out pretty well for me so far yeah mm -hmm. so uh are, were you always into horror movies or is this or that not something you were interested in before uh i i've always liked it i have these um some of my most like indelible memories come from horror movies you know there's times when i was like scared out of my mind as a kid um but in terms of, as a filmmaker, I was never that interested in them until very recently, um, probably like four or five years ago, I started like realizing horror movies have a lot of, uh, what's the word? I, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, the campiness, like there's just a fun quality to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the, the, the visceral aspect of them was really appealing to me. Um, and that, that started, I started become falling in love with horror as my tastes in film generally evolved. 
Uh, and a big part of that was this group, the group that made Derelicts. They, they're, you know, super huge horror buffs. Like, Derelicts is kind of just a love letter to old, like, 70s, 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so becoming that closer friends with them also helped, like, really ex- uh, broaden my horror horizons. Yeah. I know uh, David mentioned that, that Brett, uh, you know, gave everybody, like, some horror movies to watch for references. Uh, do you remember what they were? Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember, uh, this is interesting because I, I was also, outside of just being an actor, I also crewed the movie. I was like the, the DIT on set and assistant edited afterwards, um, with Matt. So I remember some of the, the, um, I remember some of the movies he gave as a reference point for editing. I don't necessarily remember what the acting ones were. But like Carrie was one of them, um, and I feel like Texas Chainsaw was definitely a big one, of course. Um, and then, and actually through Derelicts, those were the first times I had seen either of those movies. Uh, was while I was researching the the tone for editing later. Mm-hmm. Well, that's weird. But are you from Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. I I do. I have a weird. Because uh, I came to film kind of late in my, in my, at least in like college career, I still have pretty big gaps in my uh, my canon uh, sure. library of what I've seen. So yeah. So what did you what did you think of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre when you watched it for the first time? Uh, I thought it was great. It's uh, it's that type of like uh, low budget, just like it feels like a group of friends going out and doing what they, something that they believe in, uh, and it just striking the right cards at the right time. And it, you know, um, then there's just like, there's just even, it really highlighted how much like crafts, you don't need money or, um, fancy technology to have craft. You just need like the right eye, um, and the, uh, talent basically, or even like talent is even something you come with, you get with experience. You just kind of need the, the can-do attitude and like the willingness to to go for it uh, is what I felt. I don't know. I actually I don't know too much about the actual history of it, so maybe I might be wrong about some of the details. But it feels it, it had that feeling of just like a group of people having fun doing it on their own with like very little money and just knocking it out of the park anyway. Yeah. So how, how close do you think you are to uh, the Leslie character uh, in terms of personality? Yeah. Uh, I hope not very close. There's definitely like, um, there's definitely like an alternate reality where I am very much closer to Leslie. I think that's part of why they, they came after me for the role, uh, was cause there are like, there are aspects of Leslie that I, I kind of used to be when I was younger. Like I was a really shitty kid. I wasn't, I was misbehaved and kind of rude to everybody and stuff. Um, and I've since luckily grown out of that. Um, but like, if I hadn't, if certain things in my life hadn't happened, I definitely could see myself being more of a Leslie, just like this real snotty curmudgeon that doesn't like anybody or myself or anything. Um, so I could, it was, it was helpful cause I could tap into like my earlier self, um, and pull the, the like catharsis out to be a real shitty person. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully most of that is exercised through the movie and I don't I, I don't have any of that left in me. Yeah. 
So what was it like uh, your scenes with Bo? Because, you know, uh, uh, you, you two characters are, have a lot of uh, intimate scenes together. Uh, sorry, can you repeat that? You broke up a little bit. Yeah, I don't think the connection's very good here. Uh, what was it like uh, filming your scenes with Bo? Oh, um, those were, I think those were the most fun scenes for me. Um, I, I, I like... I like being vulnerable in a weird way. Um, and so like the, just the, it was fun to just get like not having to do, it's really, I don't know how to put this. It's like, I mean, basically like Bo dominates every scene that we have together. Right. She's like, I have no control in anything. And there's kind of, there's something fun about just like letting, letting that go and having the trust of my um, partner in the scene to just like take me through whatever and I react naturally to it. Um, yeah. And I think that was, I, all that was the most fun I had on set. I think, especially the, the climax of our relationship, which I guess is a spoiler. Uh-huh. So I don't want to say what happened, but um, that was a great day on set for me. Cause everyone was just like freaked out by the practical effects of it. And I was just having a blast. Yeah. yeah. It's a very eye popping scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you get to uh, did you get to keep the penis pump? It I I don't have it personally. It is one of us has it. It's somewhere in some closet of ours. Um, but I I don't personally have it. I I that was something I couldn't really explain to my parents. Uh, <laughs> so I had to tuck it away and let someone else hold on to it for a while. Right. <laughs> Do you know where they get? Was it? I was gonna ask if it was anyone's penis pump before the movie. But I assume it was a new one. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, but it's it's mine now. They, <laughs> uh, if it was someone's, they lost it. It's not it's not theirs anymore. Right. So, what did you think of the finished movie when when you when you saw it for the first time? It was. Um, it's there's. So I saw, I was there throughout the, all the editing process. So I saw like every oh, iteration okay. of the cuts as mm-hmm. Matt went through it. Um, and so like seeing it from that initial um, first pass where it's just assembly all the way up to like, you know, the fine cut and seeing Matt actually like, so the, the script is a lot more straightforward than I think the movie ends up being. Um because there's a lot of like headspace stuff that happens that I don't think was in the script um, that Matt just kind of found in the editing room that I thought was really great. Um, and it's so like, I, I don't know how to, it's not, I don't, I don't know if I have a like good answer for that. Cause I kind of never had a break between versions of it. Like I was always there to see it evolve. So I like, I'm, I'm pretty tied to the, the cut so that there was no surprising moment to me where I was like we shot this and then months later I see this version and I was like completely blown away because I just I was just kind of there for it all does that make sense yeah, definitely I was wondering like uh for something like that when you watch a movie do you see it as a movie or do you see it more as like the uh the memories of making the movie uh that's interesting um I think I tend to, I think, I think it's like a market quality usually when I like, if I'm watching something and I just remember the day that we shot it or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm not, I guess that means I'm like, I'm not as invested in the storytelling 
as I should be. And with Derelicts, I feel like I don't, it's also like, it was such a um, busy like month and a half of filming that we were doing that it's all just kind of a blur. So like when I watch the film, it's, it is just like the film and I have to, I'd have to like stop and really think about what day that was or what we were doing to get that shot. Uh, like for example, there's a shot, there's an overhead shot of me when I'm in my bed sleeping, like at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, and that's like a constructed set in the living room of the house we were in. Cause we didn't actually have space to get the camera above the bed in my bedroom set. So we recreated it downstairs. And when I watch the movie, I completely forget about that. I have to like remind myself that that's actually downstairs and not where in the story it, it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I, I say to short to long answer short, I, I see it as a movie. I don't really think about um the process behind it, even though I was a part of it. Yeah. So what was it like uh filming in that house since you were not only an actor, you said you did some uh you know, some other work on the movie. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was very hot. We mm-hmm. shot in July in Texas, uh with no AC on, of course, because sound. Uh, and it was a really, really small house and there were like, you know, act, nine actors at most, like in front of the camera, crew behind the camera. It was just really packed, really tight, super hot, uh, kind of miserable, but also in that, in that same way, it was, um, a real bonding experience. Cause we could all just, we were all feeling miserable. Um, <laughs> but in like, in that good way where it's like, sweaty and, and exciting and not just like a slog, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and yeah, it was like, it was, I never felt that stressed personally, even though I was, when I wasn't acting, I was, I was doing DIT work. So I was like copying footage onto the hard drives. Um, and those would occasionally, we had some potential catastrophes there that got averted luckily, but, um, just like, I think just how quickly everything was and the running gun aspect of it, it was like, we didn't really have time to stop, um, mm-hmm. and feel, uh, anything. We were just kind of always on the move, always doing something. And that was really exhilarating. Uh, I really, despite the hotness and the miserableness of it, I, I was like one of my favorite moments of my life that, that terrible month in <laughs> July. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, did you get to go to any, any of the festivals? Yeah, I went to, I think it was, it might've been the first one we played at. I can't, I don't remember if that's right, but, um, it played at Telluride Horror Fest last year, last October. Um, and that was a great experience. I, that was amazing to see. Um, and like, I've never been to Telluride. It's gorgeous and all of that. Yeah. I've never been to it either. So, um, uh, so, uh, watching it with the audience, uh, how did they react? Did they, uh, re- react? Uh, uh, I think, sorry, what's that? Let's go on. Oh, uh, no, I think, uh, it was, I think, I think we got the reactions that we were looking for. Um, people would like grow, like laugh when we wanted them to, and like groan and, and writhe when we wanted them to, especially, uh, especially like the eye pump scene with me late in the film, there's a, um, it's a weird line of like super gross, but also like really funny, right? The mm-hmm. situation of like a penis pump 
vacuuming my eye out, right? With, like <laughs> uh, it's like uh. it's rich. The, the viscera of it is really disgusting, but it's also just like a really funny visual idea. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like a weird line to be like grossed out and laughing at the same time. Uh, but I feel like the movie felt like it it hit that mark and the audience responded to it properly. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least in the way that we were hoping they would, which is like that type of laugh where you're like, I don't want to be laughing, but I can't help but be laughing, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, that's, well, what's that's my that... favorite type of laugh. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, down to film? I saw on your IMDb page. Oh, <laughs> that's a it's a uh, it was like a TV show um, uh, through the uh, through UT. UT has like its own like student television station. Oh, okay. uh, that was like one of the shows that we that I worked on. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, are you working on anything currently? Um, currently, I. Personal projects, not too much. I, I'm a writer as well, so I'm, I'm writing a couple of things. Um, I work as an editor for an animation company right now. Um, as a, as, yeah, as an editor, I said. Um, so that's that's keep, that's been keeping me busy. That's a pretty new job. So I, I was freelancing for the last four or five years, um, but now I have this this steady job, which has been really nice. But it has not really given me much time to be pursuing my own stuff yet, but, uh, I'm working on trying to find that balance. You know, there's always something, although, uh, I say that I always forget. So I mentioned Stryker, Matt Stryker and I, um, make short films together. Uh, we made a, what we made a short a couple years ago that played a soft by called beach day. Um, which was a real, like kind of same attitude, like real run and gun. Um, just kind of fun gay shoot basically. um, and so this year we shot a kind of spiritual sequel to that. Um, you know, a little bit more planning, a little more budget, all that type stuff. Uh, and we just we just finished editing that a month or two ago. And so now we're we're submitting that to festivals and stuff. So hopefully something will come of that. So uh, what kind of stuff do you guys make together? We tend to keep it pretty straight comedy, because. Um, it's you do need a little bit of money or like um, it's not even that. I think it's just like we, when we hang out, we just, we always try to make each other laugh. Um, and we wanted to capture that in our short films basically. So um, our bigger projects tend to be genre in some fashion. Uh, but when we're just like sh- shooting the shit fucking around, uh, we tend to like, it's pretty much straight comedy. Uh, so for these short films that we've been doing, it's, it's, it's just been comedy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when you started watching horror movies since, uh, doing derelicts, uh, what are some of the standout ones? Ooh, um, I love Blair Witch Project. I think that's probably my favorite horror movie. Um, I think, I think there's, there seems to be a theme occurring where like, I, I really appreciate that sort of, uh, low budget, low fi um, aspect. Um, what else? Uh, Baba Duke's great. Um, that's one of those, like, I love that movie, but I'll never want to watch it again. Um, cause the, the kid is particularly is like, he's too good at being an annoying little kid. 
He is, yeah. Uh, it's funny because yeah. some people who don't like that about the movie, and I'm like, well, that is the point of the character, though. He, he really nails it. Oh yeah, no, I think it's I think it's genius the way she was able to get that performance out of that kid, and like I love it so much, and yet I never want to like go through that experience again. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the mark of a really good movie for me. Um, Carrie is great. I watched, like I mentioned, I watched that for the first time during Derelicts, and that that movie really stood out to me. Um, what else? I, sh- I guess I should have prepared that, probably. I should have known you would be asking that. I should have gotten my list together. Yeah, that's uh, all right. That's I, good I don't know if it's... I don't know if you consider it like a pure horror movie, but I love Possession by um, or what's his name? Andres... I can't remember his name. That's yeah. unfortunate. But <laughs> you know what I... Do you know what I uh, do you know the movie I'm talking about with Sam um, I'm not really sure to be honest. I'm gonna look this up and I'm gonna cheat. It's this old um eighties horror movie that's like European with Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny and it's like it's the two of them it's basically a, a movie about a divorce. Um and it's just like it's the whole movie is just like hysterical in the sense that people are acting rationally, not funny in any sort of way. Uh, but just like the, it's, it's human emotions turned up to 11 and then they add horror on top of that. And it's just like, it's bonkers and out there and, and beautiful in this really like broken, horrible way. And I love it. (laughs) I don't think I've seen this movie. Oh man. It's a trip. Yeah. I will check it out. Very cool. So, uh, well, it was cool to talk to you, and I really dug Derelicts, and I hope... Uh, do you know, like, uh, what's going to happen with Derelicts now? Like, uh, when, uh, when people uh, are able to I see don't... it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not really in those conversations. I know there... Since uh, the festival you saw it, I don't, I don't remember if that was the last one that we played at, or if there were a couple more after that. Um, I think it did. But I think more. our... Yeah, our, our festival time is rounding down either way. After that, I, I, they are looking. We're looking to to sell it in some fashion. I just don't know what that looks like. But hopefully, we'll find someone that will release in some capacity, whether that's you know just through Amazon or or some other streaming site or something. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I hope it gets out there, though. I think. I think. I think. It, I think the audience that would like it is very specific mm-hmm. uh, and very and like a very niche audience. But I think that audience would really enjoy it. And so I hope we're able to get it to them somehow. I agree. That's I uh, mentioned that to Brett at the, uh, at the festival. I think, uh, you know, if it gets out there, people can see it. I think it's going to be like a, like a cult hit. Yeah. I, I, I hope that's true. And I, I, I want, I want to see that happen. I think, I think the, the, the guys that made it really deserve it. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, not like a totally uh, small audience either. I think uh, it would appeal to, to a lot of horror fans. Yeah. Um, like a I hope so. I hope you're right. It's, yeah, I just like, I, I have like the mom test where like my parents who aren't film people at all uh-huh. couldn't even tell you like anything about it. This is not a movie for them at all, right? Right. It's like, I keep making, it's funny, I, I keep, I keep, making projects that like I have to explain to my parents, um, (laughs) which is is really hard to do. And like, I don't think they'll ever, I don't think I'll ever show them derelicts. 
because uh, I, I don't I don't want them to see me doing that and not understand <laughs> what's going on. Right. I and the, the reverse. I actually did watch Derelicts for a second time with my mom, and uh, she really enjoyed it. Is, is she a horror buff? She is. Yeah, I grew up watching. Okay. Uh, yeah, like since I was like five or six, a lot of. Not just horror movies, movies like Caligula and, and things that I probably shouldn't have been watching. Mm. Them, but <laughs> but she like so she gave she gives it a big endorsement. Cool, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, that gives me hope. <laughs> Plus, we need more Thanksgiving horror movies. There's tons of Christmas ones. There's very very few Thanksgiving. And it's a, it's a, it's a it's a concept that's rife for horror, like family drama, politics and everything. Like there's so much you can do with Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a shame that it gets overlooked. Yeah. I agree. That was very, very cool to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, and I really dug the movie. I hope people get to see derelicts when it's out there. Thank you very much. Cool. All right. Uh, thanks. Sorry. There's a connection. It's going here. So it's probably part of the, connection problem no worries sorry hopefully there's hopefully my audio is usable yeah, uh, I, think it, you came, I think it'll be pretty good on the recording okay cool yeah you came in pretty good on my end I just don't know how I'm sounding on yours but hopefully yeah it sounds fine I think there's just uh, it's like a, a half a second off a little bit so yeah that's what it seems like a bit later yeah all right well um, I think that's all the interviews, so I'll probably get this up today or tomorrow. Oh, awesome. Right. Cool, I'm looking forward to it. Thank, thank you very much. I appreciate thanks. that. Yeah. Have well, a good night. And thanks for doing You too. Bye. Yeah. Happy New Year. Thank you, you too. <laughs> this is Bill Johnson, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. Feed your head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Lana Dietrich, Bev of Derelicts. It's very cool to have you here. Hey, it's good to talk to you, Neil. Yeah, now I love Derelicts. I got to see it at uh, Buffalo Fantastic Film Festival, and it was my favorite movie of the festival. Wow. Uh, really yeah, yeah, I, I have to say I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. So um, I, mean, I wasn't in it that much, but uh, for what for, for for what I did, I I had a blast. Yeah, it's very memorable scenes with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, one of those scenes uh, made it uh, uh, so that the the original actress cast for in the role of Bev mm-hmm. decided that she just couldn't go that extra step. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm really the second choice. I never auditioned for it. I didn't know about it. But uh, but Udoy uh, sent me an email. I think it was he, or maybe it was Matt, uh, saying that they had heard uh, through the grapevine that I might be interested in, in this part. And we met for coffee and just started talking about it. And then they sent me samples of things that brett and uh, the rest of them had uh, had done i think in film school and mm-hmm. oh it, it you know it was so sick and and <laughs> twisted i just had to say yes <laughs> so uh how, how did he know you then was it was it true that you were interested in it or 
<laughs> well, I simply didn't know about it. Uh, uh-huh. It was, I guess it was out there, um, you know, on the um, website that uh, where you go if you're looking to audition for films that are that are starting to film across the state i just generally rely on my agent to call me and let me know if there's something that's that i might be interested in but she did, she was unaware of this uh of this film it was under her radar mm-hmm. so they they just uh contacted me because they had heard that I, that i was probably around the right age and that I did a lot of theater and that that I simply might be interested. They they yeah. really didn't know. Mm-hmm. So you said you watched, you know, their shorts and stuff, and you said it was uh, really sick, and so you had to do it. Yeah. So, uh, so are you into horror movies and weird and weird films like that? <laughs> well, it turns out I am. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have always loved the horror genre. I can't say that I'm a big slasher fan or, you know, um, unnecessary uh, cruelty, but you know if it's handled right, it can be funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that 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 happens in derelicts for sure. Definitely. That the, the little shorts that I saw that that Brett and, and the uh, other guys did, they were like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, that they are slightly crossing a line. You know, uh-huh. a lot of people would say, oh, they so crossed that line. But uh, <laughs> to me, they do it in in a way that, OK, I can't I can stand that. But I probably can't stand much more than that. Kind <laughs> yeah, of I, think, I think there's a there. Like you said, it's fun. There's a, a fun feeling to it. It's not mean spirited. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And And you have a feeling. <laughs> that these people, they they are such a you know family of assholes that that <laughs> that, that they kind of deserve it. Yeah, yeah. As you watch a movie, you you kind of grow to dislike the the family because you see all the different things they do, and then uh, and then later in the movie you start to get some sympathy for the derelicts, which I think is well done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, when you first met Brett, uh, what, did, what did you think of him and what was he like to work with as a director? You know, that's what was so funny. Um, meeting these guys before I really knew anything about them. We we met at a uh, little coffee shop in, in, a, in a strip mall and just um, sat down. They were very deferential. You know, they were these these kids. They could have been my grandchildren, you yeah. know, and they're, they're just uh, uh, as sweet and polite as they could possibly be. And then I get to see what they are up to. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the difference between night and day. I, I would never have guessed that these <laughs> sweet boys would be up to all of the bloodshed and mayhem <laughs> that you see on, on screen. Yeah, it's always the quiet so, ones, they say. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's the quiet ones you've got to watch out for. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about the the, the the woman that decided she couldn't put up with that and uh, and that they were going to see if I'd be interested. And, uh, you know, I, I became doubly interested that there was something that they were doing that made a fellow actor uh, decide that she did. She didn't want any part of it. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> so uh, not I mean, to spoil may... the movie, but yeah. Go on, sir. What's what's that? I would say not to spoil the movie, but uh, for people who don't know, there's because uh, it opens the movie pretty much. There's a uh, there's a sex scene with you and uh, and Frank. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And um, you know, the day that I went to the, to to set. Uh, the day that I knew that we would be fil- filming that scene, I had no idea what they had in mind, how they were going to shoot it. They shot it from the ceiling, as it uh-huh. turned out. And, but I, of course, didn't even imagine that happening. I thought it would be more uh, close up and intimate. I went to I went to the set thinking they may ask me if I'm willing to do it without any clothes on at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, am I up for that? And I thought, <laughs> sure, I'll do it. <laughs> but they didn't. You know, Matt, he, he came and talked to me. Uh, he says, uh, there will be no extra people on the set today, mm-hmm. and we want you to be as comfortable as possible. And I I was already in a nightgown. And, um, and I said, well, do you want me to take any of this? off and he said no 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 that's not necessary at all uh but um you know we'll just go in and we'll just kind of talk through it so i go in and steve you know my boyfriend in the movie he's already in bed (laughs) and so i go and get in bed with him and then i see that the that the uh, camera's on the screen oh and i also told matt i said i think that um I would prefer the missionary position. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay. <laughs> it's like, he was very embarrassed to be talking to, about these things <laughs> to me, but it was just, it was so sweet. Um, uh-huh. So anyway, I see that the camera's on the bed and I, and I turn to Steve and I say, oh, we can't be doing the missionary position, you know, because we're mm-hmm. going to be blocking each other. Yeah. I, I said, I think you're going to have to take me from behind. <laughs> 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 He's, he was very game. He said, sure. And he, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, it was uh, so be- fun. Before you actually film it, did you did you and Steve talk about it at all? No. I I had not even met Steve. Um, in fact, he wasn't even there for the first read-through. Uh-huh. So I didn't meet him until we were, you know, in the thick of it. He probably had been on set uh, uh, longer than than I had. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, uh, but um, yeah, we we met and uh, you know we hit it off. I'll tell you, being in that house, I don't know if anybody else has talked to you about that, but you know it was in the the height of summer, mm-hmm. and they could not have the AC on all the time because you know they had to keep yeah. turning it off. For, for when they, they were doing the actual filming. So they basically left it off. All of the people who were not involved in the actual filming were all upstairs. And so it was hotter than the hinges of hell up there. <laughs> and we were all running around in our underwear. <laughs> <laughs> just to be just to be comfortable. Uh-huh. And the dress that I wore, oh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous dress completely beaded. I think it still had a price tag on it, something like <laughs> six or seven hundred dollars. It was a beautiful oh, wow. dress. And they had to completely cut it to, you know, and, and and cover it with blood. And yeah. I almost asked if you kept it, but right. They did. <laughs> it 
<laughs> it was so sad when that happened. But anyway, yeah, uh, we were in. We were just sitting there in the bedroom in our underwear, basically. Uh, Steve and I working crosswords, and we we just got to know each other really well and felt very comfortable with one another. Mm-hmm. And, so, uh, and then you became his girl. That's my girl. That's <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> that's right. And uh, oh, the the first uh, time that we were we were down there shooting, it was just as hot as it can be. And I'm down on the floor, trying to uh, put together something that had broken. It had dropped, and I and, and so yeah. I just got down on all fours and started putting it together. I, I, I mean, I was watching the sweat drip off my face. Wow. But, but I, you know, I asked Brett, "Is that real?" You know. Can you tell that I'm sweating bullets over here? And he says, no, you look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I didn't think about because people did mention it being hot, but I didn't think about if that, uh, if that would uh, interfere with the filming, if you could see the beads of sweat on people or, oh, or if they're sweat through not. their clothes or anything. Yeah. I thought I would have thought that they'd have the, you know, makeup right there to mm-hmm. throw powder on you after each take. But it, it it was not it was not discernible on, on film, I guess. Yeah, or you know, even with the derelicts, cause they all have a lot of uh, like uh, you know makeup to make them look dirty and then like wounds mm-hmm. on their face and stuff. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that didn't uh, didn't like wash off, you know, from the sweat. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting, In- interesting observation. Yeah. So. Uh, a lot, a lot. Well, besides in the bedroom, a lot of your scenes are at the uh, at, at the table, exactly. which a lot of the movies at. So, uh, which uh, kind of gives it like kind of gives it like a play like feel, uh, with like an ensemble cast and everyone interacting mm-hmm. at the table. The yeah, and uh, in in the interesting thing was that we got our wires crossed on, on my film days. And I didn't realize that I had this one full film day, which was at the table. And, uh, I had, uh, I had already had scheduled a, a, a play reading that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I apologized profusely and I said, I'll work doubly hard as soon as I get here. But they went ahead and filmed around me until I got there. And then they just plugged in all of my stuff. They made it. They made it so easy for me. You know, it was. It, it was really, really nice to work with these guys. They mm-hmm. were so. They were so professional that they were able to to uh, knock out that table scene with me in in just the 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 afternoon portion of the day. I was gone the whole morning, but mm-hmm. uh, the. In the afternoon, they plug me in, and I, and it, and it looks great. I uh, I really had a good time uh, on that day. Those other people spent so much more time around that table than I did, you know, because I'm the first one to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, uh, yeah. I I did I did have uh, a very good time. Mm-hmm. So when you first uh, see the finished film, what did you think of it? Uh, well, I, I thought that it really looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I knew, I, I already knew the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, um, and so just seeing it p- put into action 
was uh, very pleasurable. I, I wasn't all that crazy with one of my close-ups, but you know that was my thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, everything else looked awesome. The yeah. the, the those uh, those derelicts, they were just oh, they were something else. I hardly uh, interacted with them at all, and and uh, but they're the the majority of the of the film is all about them. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, I was very uh, delighted, elated to see what a great job they all did. Say that uh, that how impressed I was with with everybody. The you know the the director uh, Brett and then you, the guy that uh, that filmed the whole thing. He he was he was incredible. But my my death scenes in the vestibule of that house. He was sitting in the bathroom. There was a, you know, one of those tiny guest bathrooms just off the, the, the vestibule portion of the, of the house. And the, he and his camera and another guy just crowded into that, to that bathroom to film everything that I did. And they used a little, uh, mirror that was on the, on the wall to get some of it. I just, I was so impressed with that, with how they, how they did it and you know they they had uh me just covered in blood and and sliding down that wall with my bloody hands and then they they would say cut uh, some guy would come in with a spray bottle spray down the wall wipe it clean put more blood on my hands and shoot it again <laughs> <laughs> have you ever uh have you ever done that in a movie before uh been killed or, or had uh had a lot of blood on you oh no Nope, nope, nope. Uh -huh. yeah. it, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, it, it, at the same time both um, satisfying and appalling <laughs> because uh, I knew how how it was gonna uh, how it was gonna look, but it just felt awful. Uh, mm -hmm. All of the the stickiness of whatever it was that they made the blood out of, and just being being everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the and my biggest heartache was uh, seeing the the huge hole that they cut in the middle of the, <laughs> of that beautiful dress. Uh -huh. I was wearing foundation a foundation garment. It was like a you know uh, it it went up to just under my boobs uh, to keep mm -hmm. my stomach flat as as I, <laughs> as I could get it. Uh -huh. That thing was so stained with that with that red blood concoction. Mm -hmm. oh, <coughs> excuse me. That I was mm -hmm. never able to get it clean, but I but I hang on to that piece of apparel because <laughs> it, it brings back such terrific memories. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you do pop up again later in the movie. Yes, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I was so glad that uh, that they zombified me, and yeah. I get to return. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a very cool scene. I like that whole uh, part because you're not sure if uh, the Constance character has like some supernatural elements or if it's all in her head, but uh, yeah. kind of leaves it up for, for the audience, which I like. I know, and I'll tell you, um, I went to one screening at a film festival uh, in Phoenix. I have friends uh, out there, and I thought, you know, none of the other guys are going to be able to make it. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there just for that screening. It was a midnight screening, and there weren't that many people in the audience. 
But I'm telling you, they all stayed. There was nobody to, to talk to about it. I, I preferred to remain as anonymous as I could. I didn't <laughs> want to get down there in front, you know, in front of the screen and, and answer questions and everything. But they all were talking amongst themselves about, you know, what, that, what the whole thing meant, how that tied in with the very beginning of the movie and the dream, mm -hmm. my quality and everything. And I'm going, Oh my God, I didn't even notice any of that. Mm -hmm. But they were, they were fascinated by that. Yeah. What's we that experience like to, to watch. I was saying, what's that? I was just saying, what's that experience like to be in, uh, to watch your, your, yourself on the big screen with an audience? Well, you know, I do. Again, I have always have mixed, mixed emotions. Yeah. Um, uh, see, seeing it, especially seeing it for the first time and, uh, with audience members who may or may not know that, 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 that's me. That's why I was, there, there's a couple of um, close-ups that I didn't like. I didn't like the, the expression that I had on my face. Mm -hmm. and I, but other than that, I, re I really liked it. I, I got into it, and I loved hearing uh, the laughter that um, I may have inspired. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a very good feeling. Mm -hmm. So I will always go. I won't always invite my friends. Because I'm <laughs> not sure how they're going to take whatever it is that I'm doing. Also, there's also the danger of um, being cut. Uh, mm. Scenes that you were in that the, the director decides, yeah, we don't need all of that. Let's let's cut that. I will, the first movie I was ever in, in back in the '90s, mm -hmm. they uh, they cut all of the, the scene where I had my lines it was a disney movie and mm -hmm. so it, it was very exciting because it you know it was a, it was a, a big big deal here in austin and um i had one scene where it's a bunch of people we're at a at a party and we're if we we're having a little conversation like you do at cocktail parties mm -hmm. and uh that were that was the extent of my lines I spent the whole night on set for that movie and I was so excited and my whole family went to see it and I'll be damned if that scene, the whole scene was completely cut. It would talk about a, a blow. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it, I learned then that you don't want to go inviting a whole bunch of people if you're going to be left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Do you, do you ever do you ever get used to that? Because I, I would assume it's always frustrating, but uh, it's always frustrating. No, yeah. no, no. I, I mean, I haven't I haven't done that that many films to to really develop a a callous over my feelings about that. Uh, mm -hmm. I take it personally. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely understood why they cut that scene from the, from the party in that, in that first movie that I did. Mm -hmm. It was because it was um, a, a frenetic pace. They had made it, uh, you know, like a, like a chase uh, feeling that, that, that there were people that were looking for other people. And so it, it sped up the whole time sequence of, of the party and there was not time to slow down and have a little cocktail party conversation 
between four people. Mm-hmm. So I, I absolutely understood it, but I still hated that. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't. Believe, I don't blame you. So, <laughs> what? What? I what is your? Get, uh, you still, still get, get residuals, residuals for, for that? Oh, all, right. all right. Well, well, that's good anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your background in acting? How did you get into acting? And uh, did well, you do like stage acting or just the yeah? That's a, that's a, that's how I, I how I started out. Um, I, I was uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania and uh, went to a parochial school, and so I was an angel in the Christmas play in the first grade. That kind of, that kind of thing. And then as I got older, uh, there was a speech class. We didn't even have a drama department. You know, it was that tiny of a school. And so the closest that I could get was the, the speech class, which uh, my friend and I kind of uh, finagled our way into. We were freshmen sitting in the back of this class in the study hall, and we asked the nun if we could be part of it because it was so fascinating. And the day came when I came to class, and the, uh, the nun said that, they, that the yearly play that the speech class put on, that they hit a snag because the the girl that was playing the lead got sick. And would there be anybody interested in taking that part? I couldn't get my hand in the air fast enough. Because, man, this was, this was a play. It was short, but it was so juicy. I got to play an old lady, you know, character role, who dies at the end. Talk about the perfect role. You get to die on stage? Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the, it, once that happened, man, there was no turning back. And mm-hmm. so I did, uh, I, you know, I, I, I took part in uh, the forensics, which was public uh, performance of monologues and things. Mm-hmm. And when I, got to, to, when I got into college, I wanted to be in every play. And uh, and it was, but it wasn't until much later that uh, that I finally got involved in in film. Like I said, in the nineties, mm-hmm. I, I, w- I was in my forties then. Mm-hmm. Did uh, do you have a preference between the two? You know, they're so different. There there are things that I love about each one. Uh, in theater, you have the immediate gratification and kind of a kind of a relationship with the audience you, you get a give and take you sense their being there especially in a comedy where where uh they're laughing at your lines and everything so you get immediate gratification mm-hmm. um but it's and the, and the other thing is that that it's it's ephemeral you do it and then then it's over and there's something special about that you know, you have this experience, it lasts only a, a little while, and then it's done and gone. And mm-hmm. you and it can cannot be duplicated because every single performance is different. Every single audience that that's there is different. But with film, it's the exact opposite. You're you're there for a for a very long time uh with very little uh, feedback, if anything, uh, you, you get a little bit of applause when the day that you rap, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody says, <laughs> right. okay, yeah, let's hear it for Lana. This is her last day, you know, and then you uh-huh. get that ripple of applause. But, and then you have to wait for it all to be done, and then you see the, the results up there. And, um, and it's permanent. It's there forever. Right. It can be seen again and again. So there's something uh, to be said about each one, and they're, they're completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because so, even like the the little uh, you said the one thing you didn't like about uh, Derelicts was like a, a close up of you. If that yeah. was a play, you could do that differently the next night. That's right. You said it, Bob. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, where where because uh, my um, my mother and my grandparents on that side are from uh, Pennsylvania originally. I think they're in Chambersburg. Oh. Oh, well, uh, Pennsylvania is a big state. I'm from uh, northwestern Pennsylvania in a little town called Meadville, which was uh, 40 miles south of Erie. And when mm-hmm. I was a kid, we would drive up to Lake Erie and, and swim in Lake Erie. It, it's before the, it got polluted in the 70s. Yeah. When I, I, when I was real. Go ahead. I was saying, when I was real young, we used to go up there and uh, visit my great grandparents. Every year, so uh, I, but uh, I don't I don't remember too much about. It. I remember getting Lebanon bologna and some kind of uh, cheese because my great uncle had a uh, uh, like a butcher shop. So and I so, I remember something about they would trade with the Mennonites like uh, meats oh. for, uh, for 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 yeah. like uh, produce, vegetables, or, or fruits or something. So where 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 in the state is that town? I'm not really sure to be honest. It sounds like it might be in the um, the southeastern part where, where more Mennonites are. Where I was, the the local sect were the Amish, uh-huh. and uh, my my aunt lived in a, a, a an area. It was very rural, and we would sit on her front porch and watch the buggies go up and down. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I remember a lot of hills when we wherever it was when you're driving. All the roads were, were big hills up and down. Wow, it was it was nice. I haven't been there for years. Yeah, it, I I haven't been back to visit for a long time. Uh, my my uh, aunts and uncles are dying off, and uh, I went back a couple of years ago just to to see them before they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to, to go back again and, uh, and just kind of drive around and look at where I used to live. It's so yeah. different. So mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I actually, and, and I've been asking a lot of people cause I, I like, I like food. So where's the best uh, barbecue around, uh, in, in Texas? Uh, you know, you're asking the wrong person. When, right. whenever, whenever I have lived in a, in a certain spot in the in the country uh-huh. i have never enjoyed the the uh the local food the local cuisine it's <laughs> terrible uh-huh. when we when when i was still in high school we moved from pennsylvania to kentucky and mm. um they that i mean the, the big thing there was um something they called hot browns i i was in you kentucky know? just i just uh, it was last year and uh my friend lives there and uh, I had the hot brown. He said, you have to get the hot brown because it's like this local thing. So I got it, yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be something I'd eat all the time. But, you know, it was uh, oh for one time. God. It was 
was disgusting. And, and not only that, the, the, they really got into something they called country ham. Okay, uh, but it, uh, it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's ham that has, to me, has been cured, but then has been left out way too long. It tastes <laughs> like it's rotten. That's what it tastes like. But it's a, you know, it's a delicacy with those Kentuckians. Uh-huh. And yeah, then I, I went to, I, I moved to Louisiana to, to do um, graduate school. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, they've got th- this thing called a crawfish boil, uh-huh. where you put all of these newspapers on a picnic table and then dump out something that's been boiling in this big pot. And yeah. there's there's crawfish and potatoes and uh, carrots, and they're all in there together. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just disgusting. And uh, and uh, the first time I ever went to one, all I would do is eat the potatoes. Because uh-huh. I was not about to eat those things that that we used to catch in the creek in Pennsylvania <laughs> and play with. Right, uh, <laughs> we never I've thought never, about eating them. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Louisiana, but I've had crawfish was a few times, and I always heard they're great. But I've never liked them either. I always think they kind of taste like mud. But <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 aren't they called mud bugs? I think they are. Yeah, <laughs> that's for, that's why. Amazing. Right. So anyway, in Texas, I've never enjoyed any of the barbecue. Okay. It, it's terrible. And I'm I'm not a huge Tex Mex fan either. Uh-huh. I I will drink a margarita. <laughs> That's about it. Uh-huh. Well, I went on the uh, bourbon trail when I was in Kentucky. That that was a good time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be my my drink of uh, of choice. Um, yeah, bourbon's really they, good. They 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 made um, a wild turkey real close to where my dad mm-hmm. uh, went to work in Lawrenceburg, and uh, and uh, yeah, we we, uh, we enjoyed that uh, just like on the rocks. Yeah, now I, agree. Now that, I that can't was... do I can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm not supposed to drink too much anymore. But the, uh, but uh, we did go to the the Wild Turkey Distillery. That that was a good time. Oh, did you the, uh, yeah. in a tour? Yeah, yeah. We we hit all of them, and if you hit, I think there was twelve of the like the major ones on the on the tour, on the wow. um, on the trail. Then you like they stamp like a they stamp your um, it's like a little booklet, and they stamp yeah. each one. And then if you get all of them, you get you get a free T-shirt. So. Well, by then you're probably drunk and you don't even know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, it is weird because you have to drive to each one, so right. like uh, it, it almost it almost promotes that's like so wrong. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, it was a good time though. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The the one of them I can't remember. I think it was Evan Williams. Uh, they they. That one, they actually took you down into an old uh, speakeasy. It was an actual speakeasy, you know, from oh. uh, 20s. Whatever. That was a really fun one. And then they, well, that they give you all. Fun. Yeah, and they all give you this little. It was just a little shock because it was like um, it was like a $600 bottle of, of uh, bourbon because it's like 50 years old. But it was oh. still pretty cool to have a little bit of it. Yeah, it, was, it tasted very good. Were you able to discern the difference in taste? Yeah, and that one actually it could. Some of them not so much, but uh, yeah, that one. Did it taste smoother, or what was the? Yeah, it tasted smoother. It had more of a, 
it had more like what you consider like the bourbon taste. You know what I mean? For I guess from aging so long in the in the barrels. Yeah. Sweet, that's, I'm gonna have to look into that next time I go up there. Yeah, it was fun. So I saw that uh, you're working with David Lee Hess, who's also in. Um, oh in man, that that maniac! Yeah, uh, he comes up to me. You know, I think it may have been the la- my last day, and he said, um, "I'm I uh, I'm hoping that I can get in touch with you because I'm I'm going to be working on a project soon." And I so got really excited about that. Have you ter- heard, have you seen his little film called Fetish? Um, uh, actually, uh, I was just sent it before this interview, so I'm gonna watch it uh, right after I talk to you. Yeah, so uh, he gave me a he gave me a little part in that. That's another that's another little sick movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was. Uh, that that again, just a pleasure working with him. Mm-hmm. He's so funny and uh, so fun. Um, it's a short film, so mm-hmm. he's been. But he, he he's a, he's uh, screened it in a in a bunch of uh, festivals already. Yeah, I'm looking forward to her uh, when I talk to Kelly because she's in it and uh, she told right. me about it. So I haven't talked to David yet. But. I think she's the she was one of the producers on it too. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's very cool. So it seems like um short films have really grown in popularity, I think, over the last few years. I don't I think a lot of it's because they're more accessible with like YouTube and streaming sites and also uh yeah. you know, people go see them at festivals. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And it just it seems like um the more you go to to film festivals, the more the more you see all of the short films that that are there, like a smorgasbord for you. Mm-hmm. You can you can go to all, all, all these different um, venues and and see just a, a a ton of them. I think that's a, a another another reason that, the, that there's uh, so many more short films that a film festival will accept. Mm-hmm. And a feature, you know, they they can only have a certain number of feature length films, but they can yeah. have a whole bunch of the short ones. Yeah, that is nice too, because then you can you can see uh, what all a bunch of different uh, people can make, and uh-huh. and also if if one's not very good, you know, it's going to be over soon, and you can watch another one. That's so. right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I and I I I had a, a pass to the Austin Film Festival. This uh, this past fall, and um, one of my films was screened, in it, and I, and that's mainly why I got the pass. But my agent asked me if I wanted to be involved in any kind of readings that that uh, I guess they have uh, a little sessions for the badge holders to mm-hmm. attend uh, that that have to do with screenwriting. There, there's an emphasis on writing for the Austin Film Festival that that I guess uh, uh, the other festivals don't, don't really share. But mm-hmm. I said, sure, sign me up. I wish, you know, uh, looking back, if I had known that my signing up for that would eliminate one whole day of my seeing other films, I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have done it. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I did have a very good time, and it, and it turned out that I was reading an episode of uh, of a podcast. Oh, really? I think that, 
I think that's a, another thing that that's happening with uh, with actors these days. It it, it mm-hmm. isn't just getting cast in in films, but it's getting cast in in podcasts. That there's a, there's there seems to be a big interest in podcasts mm-hmm. these days. You've been you've been at it for more than ten years, I guess. I think I read right. Yeah, uh, 2005 when I did my first podcast, 2006 when I started Without Your Head. And uh, at that time, 2005, there wasn't even the term podcast. They, people were calling it like internet radio. And it it is weird over the years because I remember when we started, a lot of people, they would say, oh, this is the internet. You know, I only do the show if it's you know actual radio. And I think that's like reverse now because there's more potential for it to be heard on a podcast than like if you did a local radio show. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. There, it's like there are podcasts that that uh, are out there that are listened to by people across the country. Yeah, across the world. I mean, I have people listen to the show in Australia and in Germany. Oh, wow. and, you know, it is pretty wild. You know, to think about. The, and uh, and are you you're out of Massachusetts? Yeah, Massachusetts. Yep. Uh huh. The the podcast that I was reading for that this was for the second season of the podcast that that was that was done out of New York City. Mm-hmm. And the, so, the is woman, it like a? I'm sorry to interrupt you. So, is it like a, um, like a radio play kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a continuing story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's called um, it makes a sound. That ring any bells to you? No, but it's interesting because I do like to listen to like the old, um, like radio plays from like the the forties and stuff. A lot of stuff like Boris Karloff and Vincent Price, and so yeah. uh, it's kind of cool that they're kind of uh, that they made a comeback in a different uh, medium. Well, there, there's some, there's something similar to uh, the the uh, podcast serial. That's the only mm-hmm. one that, that I ever re- really got involved with. Um, yeah. I, and I love that, you know, that, that, um, that, that soft voice kind of telling you a story. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like that, but they, but there are other, there are other characters that come in. Um, mm-hmm. and this woman, she is, she's telling a story from, from her, from her own life, but then expanded, uh, through her imagination. She wanted to write something about music, and she knew that she knew so little about music that 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 she would go back in her life to when she real when she knew the most about music, which was in the nineties during the the punk rock era and mm-hmm. and she even she she hired a woman um a, a voice for for her pe- podcast the first season of it that uh that was a punk rocker but mm-hmm. uh she made this woman be in a, a, a nursing home with Alzheimer's now mm-hmm. because one of her, I think her grandmother is, is like that. So she blends her life and then um, adds different elements to make it interesting. And she had me reading the, the part of the woman that, that, uh, that was the punk rocker. Hmm. It, Interesting. They were, looking, like they were looking for somebody to to back the 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 new season, the second mm-hmm. season, and so we we read the um, the third episode in the in the second season to a bunch of people at the Driscoll. 
you know, just assembled there for the film festival. And it was very, very fun and uh, satisfying. Yeah, and I, cool. I'm hoping that, that uh, that's something that, that I get to do more. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds, uh, that sounds like something I'd like to listen to. So I'll, I'll search it out and check it out. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to be listening to you guys. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, you know, who Joe Bob Briggs is, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had him on the show uh, a few weeks ago. It was before, right before Thanksgiving. And I, and I, uh, I suggested he sees derelicts cause he was doing the, um, Thanksgiving, um, movie marathon. And I think he only had like four movies that were, uh, sort of Thanksgiving theme. And I told him he should see derelicts. Cause it, I think it's the best Thanksgiving horror movie. And there aren't that many Thanksgiving horror movies out there. No, no, I don't. I, I can't think of another one. No, there's a, the one I know is thanks killing. And it's, it's not particularly good. That's oh, a great name. One. Okay. <laughs> it's about a That's killer a good... turkey. But yeah. Good title. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Plain Strains and Automobiles, not a horror movie, but uh, that's a great uh, Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> Besides that, there's not very many. So, do you, Are you working on anything currently? Um, no, I am not. Um, uh, there's uh, I'll probably be doing a, a play in the theater where I'm a, a company member um, at the end of the next spring. But uh, other than that, nothing on the on the horizon. It's yeah. pretty sad, you know, in Texas, Abbott, our governor, has mm-hmm. eliminated any film incentives for people to come and film in, in Texas. Yeah. And anymore, the only thing that my, uh, my agent sends me on uh, for auditions is to the self-tape person so that they can film me doing an audition of uh, something that's going to be uh, shot in Atlanta or Albuquerque, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a sad state of affairs here in Texas. Yeah, that's too bad to hear. I know uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense either because you think that helps out the uh, the state if you if you film movies it, there. And, of course it does. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. But it has something to do with the arts, which you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the but the conservatives uh, they they're allergic to that. Yeah, yeah, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, but I live in a I live in a pretty liberal place. So. Yes, you mess. do. You're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. I did like it. Uh, I'm in, I, actually, I don't know if you were. I don't know if you know where Cape Cod is, but I'm in the Cape. Oh yeah! Wow. But I go up to Boston a lot. Boston, Boston's a, uh, there's not too much to do here. It's a nice area, but a lot of cool things up in Boston. Sure, there sure are. There's a lot of nice theaters up there too um, that show like older movies or art house movies. And, uh, you know, it's cool to watch movies on your computer or TV, but to me, it's nothing like watching, you know, a movie on the big screen. Yes. It's, it's incredible the difference uh, between the small screen and the big screen. You, you can catch nuances and things on the big screen that you didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of things about it. I think one thing too is you can't you can't escape it. It's right there in front of you, so you're not going to be uh, you know uh, looking on your computer for something or playing with your phone. And right, it's also, or pausing it to go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
And it's for especially like uh, older movies. That's how they were meant to be seen. So it's a totally different that's right. you know, experience. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Had a lot of fun. Well, um, I'm so happy to uh, have been able to talk to you too, Neil. And uh, I am going to be investigating this podcast of yours. I look forward to it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. uh, I hope you enjoy it. Let me know. If you don't like it, just pretend. (laughs) I won't say anything if I didn't like it. When is it going to be broadcast? Uh, This particular episode, I'm waiting until I record everybody. And then I was going to put them all together, but it might be way too long. So I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with it uh, once I get everyone uh, finished. Maybe I think it'll probably be the end of the week. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I think so. so. Well, excellent. I I hope that you have a wonderful uh, Christmas, and uh, here's to an excellent 2019. Thank you, and and you the same. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Caroline Williams from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Sharknado 4. You're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to this station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Andre Evernos, who plays Turk, and Clay Shirley, who's Sal, and Derelicts. Derelicts. It's very cool to have you guys here. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I love Derelicts, by the way. Awesome. Thank oh, you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, I get to see it at Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival, which is a very long name. And it was uh, it was my favorite movie at the uh, at the festival. Oh wow! Excellent, flattered. Thank you. Cool. You're welcome. So now you guys also were uh, co-writers. So did you guys know Brett, the director, um, before making the movie? Oh yeah, uh, me and Brett met at orientation at college. So we pretty much met before, like maybe at this point, ten years ago. Uh, and then we've been friends for a long time. Worked on a bunch of random things. other uh the other films you made uh were they s- similar to derelicts just in, like uh, tone were they like horror movies and stuff i feel like we've always had a, a thing for horror and just like at least something weird uh you know definitely a heavy comedy element but usually kind of a darker tone overall we did this one short called are we men or are we coffers that was just another kind of weird family related cannibal infused Actually, crazy short that you know we basically just made of nothing and it was just like a fun kind of school project but i feel like that's kind of almost like in a way in retrospect very much like a primitive version of derelicts even though i don't even think that was ever like an idea to expand that specifically but you can see a a clear kind of um i don't know backbone yeah if you go back and look at that short you can kind of see that 
rough version of copper. It's just kind of the general. There's, you know, you get the table scene, a bunch of people sitting around, and and the family dynamic. So some of that is there, but um, we then that we'd also worked on uh, a short for the uh, ABC of Death Two had done a contest. Oh yeah. For uh, <laughs> they had thrown out, you know, the letter M was kind of up for grabs, and so a bunch of directors submitted stuff for that. And, and we were in the final 12 at the end of it. Uh, we didn't actually make the cut, but they did put out kind of a, a supplemental special feature slash side film, whatever you want to call it, uh, called ABC to Death 2.5. So uh, our short was on that. Ours was called Emmas for My Mels. Um, Brett uh, wrote and directed that also. So that was kind of a, a I would say, the stepping stone that it led directly to Derelict. I played the hand in that short. Oh, excellent. What a, what a wonderful excellent. job he did. I'm a very professional hand actor. <laughs> uh-huh. Very good. Well, if there's ever, if you ever do a new Adams Family, they know who can play a thing. Well, there's going to be the animated one now. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe I could do, like, the voice of the hand. Like, I'll right. just be, you know, like, 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 like yeah. going across or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> that'd, that'd be a pretty sweet gig, I think. Oh, yeah. I would take a paycheck. Sure. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, did you, when you guys were writing it, did you guys know that, uh, you know, Andre had played Turk and, uh, that Clay would play Sal? Uh, I feel like we did at a point and I don't remember exactly when along the way we figured that out, but I think it just kind of seemed natural. Cause I, uh, my two kind of areas of expertise are writing and acting. So usually if I help write something or a friend or Andre were filming something, I usually did some kind of acting thing with it. So we knew that I'd probably be in it to some degree. And then the same goes for Andre, and we, once it kind of came down to it, we just felt like those were the parts that we fit into. We really couldn't play anybody else. We were too old to play any of the kids, too young to play the parents, too young to play, uh, you know, Cap, or, so it just kind of was the spot for us, I think. Clay was always the actor in basically everything we shot back in the day. We're just like, oh yeah, we'll just get Clay to do blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of like, we wanted to be in it. I think Brett, we try to get Brett to be in it too. He's like, I just want to do, I want to focus on directing. I'm like, all right, that's probably good. It was a good call, definitely. Yeah. Brett, <laughs> yeah, Brett didn't need something else to, to Ooh, do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, th- yeah it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Would have been nice for a little cameo, maybe you could have killed Brett or something. Uh, he was supposed to be a hobo on the street for like one shot with me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we were going to have a thing that was, we had an out- outdoor scene that didn't end up happening. But yeah. So when you guys, when you are writing it and you decide, you know, you guys are going to play those characters, does it change those characters then? Do you kind of write them uh, knowing what you guys would be good at? I think no. I don't think that we really tailored anything to what we would be doing. In fact, as we wrote the script, you know, I never... I think we had a general projection for, like, how the characters were already going to be before we, like, decided for sure that we would play those characters. Yeah, we had just come too far, I think, with the characters to then kind of tailor that. And so when we were writing it, you know, Sal writing a character that I, at a point, knew I was going to play, I I never saw myself as it. I kind of had this own, my own image of what Sal was, and then I just kind of had to adapt it in my own way. But, so no, I don't think that, at least for me, that wasn't something we thought about as we were writing it. We just kind of dealt with it after the fact. When you're playing Sal, uh, it it always seems to me that, like... uh almost like your your mouth's wired shut because you you do all the lines with like your teeth uh, together. Uh, is that true? Uh, 
Uh, well, basically what I wanted to do with the character is I it came to a point where I figured that he was probably someone who uh, got hit a lot, probably like got punched <laughs> in the face a lot for all kinds of reasons. So mm-hmm. I just wanted him to have some kind of physical side of that, something to show that he's kind of you know been beat up a bit. So I just figured he that jaw probably had taken some blows, and uh, when I did that, it kind of altered my voice a little bit. Then I kind of worked with that and threw more into it, and that's just kind of what how it ended up being. But um, yeah, the underbite just came from the idea that him having a damaged jaw. Uh, so where, um, where did the mask for, from, for Turk come from? Was that the original idea? How did you settle on the teddy bear? Uh, we had a bunch of versions. Like I had done a, a a few various concepts when the script, it was just basically a bag. We didn't do anything more than just, he was, you know, had the old bag over it. It was like a, yeah, just like a brown bag. Yeah, kind of the, the Friday 13th Part 2 Jason type of deal. But we knew that we wanted to build off of that. So I feel like ultimately, though, it was just kind of like a weird miscommunication because I believe my first idea was like, imagine a giant teddy bear, and then the head of that was cut off. That was like Turk's mask, like the bear. But then when we were explaining it to the costume guy, for some reason, he imagined just my, my face like inside a small bear to where like his body was my face. And we're like, huh. Uh, I'd be on something. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looked like really wild. I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is it's what it is. Yeah, it's really un- it's really unique, and it really a- it's kind of unsettling that it yeah. has the legs and the arms uh, on the head. I've never seen anything like that. It's very very bizarre. It's kind of like a weird sick gesture, kind of. Yeah, and thanks, we appreciate it. It was one of those things where I know when once I saw it, it just kind of you knew you had something. It was like, all right, that's unique that's distinct looking you know so uh i think that was an element in the pre-production that once we hit that we kind of thought all right we're you know we're on the right track yeah it, in the story how is the mask like uh because i it seems almost like it's glued on in parts like uh just the, in your mind how, how do you think turk you know put the mask on his head or is it just ripped off and just stuck on his head yeah, like, I kind of imagine Turk probably just, like, put his head up the teddy bear's butt and just, like, <laughs> But in reality, the bear we had and, like, with the stuff coming out, uh, like, the mask, like, it couldn't really fit around my head, so it did have, like, a tied kind of drawstring. But I don't imagine that Turk has the capabilities of, like, really uh, tailoring a, a mask to fit in a, in a good way. It's just yeah. kind of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to some of the actors who played uh, the derelicts, uh, they mentioned having um, rehearsals and everyone uh, uh, coming getting together and also coming up with like backstories for the characters. So what was that experience like? Well, one thing I remember us doing, because uh, Brett, <laughs> you know, Brett uh, would come up with little exercises that he would have to do to kind of get more into character. And one thing he did, uh, that I was, I'll be honest, I was really rolling my eyes uh, at the time, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I really do think it helped was he had everyone, um, I think he said to be nonverbal, but he wanted everyone to just interact uh, behaving as their character behaved. And so we did that for a couple minutes, and then he said, okay, now I want you to do it again, but pick someone else. He said, pick one of the other actors here and do, you know, be them. And so we did that, and I kind of realized in doing that that everyone kind of seemed to have a better grasp as to what they were doing. I thought, I don't really have 
uh, you know, mine wasn't quite distinct essentially. And no one ever really is. So I figured, well, I need to really build off of here. So that kind of got my butt in here to, to really come up with more stuff and do backstory. Even though, you know, we'd written it, obviously, but to kind of get more into uh, character's head backstory. Because some of the backstory got cut in the process of editing the movie. We had some scenes that were a little bit more uh, divulgent, I guess, of that information. Uh, but, <laughs> but no money. So. <laughs> no money to film extra scenes. Well, we had the one where we were, they look out the uh, window and the car's coming up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we had to kind of, uh, we tried that. That was kind of a exposition scene-wise. I kind of like that you don't, you don't know, like, uh, if any of them are actually related or they just found each other. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's cool to leave that up to, to the audience. And just like a group of people. And I feel like the backstory is just kind of more for like a state of mind for each of the actors. So it was really mm-hmm. cool to like see them interpret that in all various ways. Even like um, the, uh, the family side of things too. I feel like working those mechanics was uh, equally interesting because, you know, they're all just kind of like foul, hateful. <laughs> yeah i always think even if the audience doesn't know if, if the characters if the actors themselves know like backstory it, it adds some kind of element there like uh they yeah. know they're more fleshed out like real people yeah because we have uh one of the scenes basically the biggest scene i think that we cut at the beginning of the movie kind of showed that they were finishing off one house before they go on to this one so kind of knowing that i think gave us the sense you know things are kind of just starting things are getting out of whack for the family but for the derelicts for us this is just a continuation this is just something that is you know we're picking right up where we left off with something else and i think that helps us have that momentum i think coming into it mm-hmm. did uh like any of the mannerisms or anything of, of both you guys characters did you uh anything inspire those uh, i don't think I don't know that I had anything in particular. I know that just the derelicts in general for me were, you know, this kind of mix of, uh, you know, the, the, like the mutants from Hills Have Eyes and the Devil's Rejects. You know, I wanted them to be a little, not quite as monstrous, but not quite as human, you know, somewhere in between. And I was definitely a little, little Leatherface, uh, you know, in there for yeah. sure. Um, and the, and the last house on the left too, I think that, uh, some of the, like the two kind of lead male killers in that movie are kind of, uh, like for me, Turk was, or uh, Sal was kind of a mix of them plus like a little bit of like a devil's reject that kind of doesn't actually exist. So somewhere in between the just trashy, hateful, just generally nasty person, I think Sal is the least human of everyone in terms of emotionally. I think everyone has visibly a little bit more depth than he does. I think he's a little bit more black and dry, yeah, black and white, yeah. cut and dry, black and white of his, yeah, there's just kind of general nastiness. Uh, I feel like one thing too, I feel like I was going to use a lot more sounds, but then Brett kind of got mad at me because you know, we had so many people and the mic space, so to speak, wasn't set up right, so if I didn't make a lot of noise, like you couldn't hear anybody else talk, so then suddenly day one i just had to like reinterpret it as more of a physical thing um just kind of do a lot more of that so yeah. that was kind of like a uh you know left field thing but i don't know it definitely made it work out better mm-hmm. yeah, everybody talked about how hot the house was so what was it like to ha- have the mask on in the heat uh you know it's like all right counting down to like we're shooting in five seconds and i'll put the mask at like 
10. It's just like 10, put some mask in the countdown. Before. Like I would put it up right before because, uh, you know, and then obviously while we're doing take after take, I would just kind of be stuck with it. Um, like I think yeah. so what, what was that mask like then by the end of the, the shoot? See if uh, you're sweating in some. It's still pretty gross. I mean, it's gross. I still have it. It has been yeah. washed in like five years. Uh, it's just really itchy. Uh, but it looks cool. Yeah, definitely. So, how were you guys hands on on like the editing of the movie once you finished uh, filming it? Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, so one of our really close friends, Matt Stryker, the editor, and he was also like the uh, uh, assistant director. Like he and producer, he done a lot of stuff. Uh, he of course always wants like feedback and would send us clips. And, you know, Brad would be like, "Oh, this is what's happening," and you know, we had various cuts. That uh, basically all of us, especially because me and Clay are so heavily invested in it, um, were able to give feedback and you know suggestions and stuff. But um, I don't know, that's a really good editor. I feel like too, so you can really do a lot, um, especially on stuff that like effects-wise we had in our ideas to go a certain way, but then we couldn't when the day happened. So uh, you know, Matt had to be kind of genius with some of those things, but we nailed it. Yeah, Matt, Matt did a great job, and uh, and he definitely kept us in the loop. And we were always sent cut different cuts, and and you know we'd come over and he'd show some footage. He was always you know quick just to show what he was working on, and and uh, if we had any critiques, you know he was always open to them. And uh, I think I think he chopped it into something that was really yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, really impressive. So I think he yeah. Did that stuff. But yeah. You know, the, the length of the movie doesn't bother me. To me, it should be, uh, any movie should just be as long as it should be. But um, did was there any concern that it's it's too short, you know, to be a feature? I feel like, uh, at a certain light, yeah, I kind of had that impression. But then, like, nowadays, there's so many movies that are, like, way too long. I would much rather be on oh, I agree. things yeah. that just have... Uh, uh, made, oh, I work in a movie theater still, and Clay used to work in the same one, and, like, having to work these movies that are two and a half hours and I'm like, this doesn't need to be this way. It's just making my life horrible. So we don't want to ruin people's day for like two and a half hours. Not in one piece <laughs> at least. You know, give them like, I feel like the time we cut it down is just um, you know, out of necessity but also I feel like it's just smoother. I would rather have it be really smooth. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I first learned how short it was, I was a little apprehensive about it. Like, I kind of just love it but, uh, once it, it kind of became down to the question of what would you rather have? Would you rather have a longer movie that has some scenes that maybe don't quite work or have a shorter movie, but everything flows much better, you know, it's like, well, at the end of the day, better mm-hmm. to cut it. And, and that's one of the things I appreciate about it is that I do think that we don't waste any time. I think that, uh, you know, it starts and it doesn't really let up and I don't think we have a lot of dead space and it's, it's 74 minutes well spent, I think. Yeah. Um, so I would rather, yeah, have that streamlined quality than, than have bloat and stuff you don't need for the sake of, of what, just having a longer runtime. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, you get a lot of screeners for for the show, and uh, you can totally tell when when uh, something's just entirely too long and it ruins, you know, kind of ruin the movie. Because, like, yeah, those movies, they just, towards the middle is when they lose you, you know, and then it's like, all right. Now I'm just kind of checked out for the rest of it. Uh, It's good to see another uh, Thanksgiving themed horror movie because there's a real lack of them. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, we knew that uh, we wanted just something that was going to have a bunch of, you know, the family was going to be together. And, and the thing, Thanksgiving, I think, had some good themes when it came to, you know, considering it's a band of homeless people and what some people have and some just don't have. And, you know, the, the class aspect of it. And because we did be a holiday, you know, we talked about Christmas for a little bit, but I think Thanksgiving just felt much more appropriate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, yeah. Okay. But I mean, I, I love Christmas horror movies, but there's there's a there's a lot of them. I think there's yeah, more there's plenty horror movies. I think we wanted and, to be a little Christmas bit more and, unique, you know, have some yeah. kind of angle, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I, so so you know, I I suggested the movie uh, uh, to Joe Bob Briggs when I had him on when he was right before his Thanksgiving. Uh, nice, uh, awesome. <laughs> so so I, I told him he should see Derelicts. She said, <laughs> I mean, check it out. Yeah. Right, thanks. I mean, everybody has their movies they watch on the holidays, you know, and there's like Krampus, you know, I know Clay likes to watch Bad Santa, so it's just like, <laughs> you know, we gotta have like a horror kind of movie to go around Thanksgiving to be perfect. Right, yeah, the, yeah. the only other like uh, really good Thanksgiving movie I can think of is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and it's not exactly <laughs> that's, horrible. That's pretty much it, you can do that, you can watch like Eli Roth's trailer for Thanksgiving, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's about the extent of it which is uh, which is I, I, I was just thinking about this the other day every now and then I forget but it's a little uh, the way funny the way it worked out because the very first not the very first but I guess the first complete short that we worked on together involved a uh, a turkey with uh, giant teeth so oh that, yeah uh, also around kind of a, somewhat of a dinner table that's it's really a recurring theme so it's like we got some kind of obsession with that I guess they were turkeys weren't they yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> What was the turkey in, in, in Derelicts? Sorry? What was the turkey made out of in Derelicts? Oh, it was, that was a completely real turkey that I personally shot. Really? Uh, in the state of Texas. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was just a plastic prop. It was just like a spray-painted thing of like mold, I guess. It, it wasn't... Uh, Should have had a real turkey. Why don't we just have a real turkey? Well, because we, we have to have a new turkey every day. It would rot. Oh. <laughs> Actually, have a lot of wild turkeys where I live. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of turkeys around here too. Yeah. Not like Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at the Q and A in Buffalo, uh, Brett talked about the the truck scene at the beginning, but it was uh, moving pretty fast when they filmed it. So, what was that like to film? uh, You know, riding in the truck at at fairly high speeds. Big thing of property, 
And the place that they had just ended up, these people basically came out and said, well, if y'all want to meet here, you can. And so they just kind of housed us for the day and let us use their swimming pool and use their house for to set up some equipment. And, uh, they're just complete strangers, but they let us just kind of... Sorry, a car alarm was going off that side. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, am I right? Was that the same day that we were shooting? Yeah, that? yeah, that was actually. We did that uh, car stuff like this morning-ish. And was that also the same day that you and Jay had to switch switch shirt? That y'all were wearing the same shirt because the Bobby John shirt and it was like covered in sweat. Yeah, was that not a thing? That was a thing. Yeah, like Jay would just because again we're shooting in the middle of summer in Austin. Jay would peel off who plays Bobby John, the son who dies in the truck on the way there, and he mm-hmm. he would have to peel off this shirt that's clinging to him because of the sweat. Then Andre would have to put it on because I mean that's what happens, Turk some of the hardest scenes to film um i want to say um the table stuff was kind of tricky where i'm like running across the table top of it uh because that table like i basically built that out of like scrap like not literally uh but we just built that from supplies uh at that point i think we had a regular table we're using but then we have like a quote-unquote stunt table had like no support under it so by the end of it, uh, by the time we were shooting it, I built it up as much as I could, because uh, obviously we didn't want me to, there was no way I could run across the real table. That in and of itself would have supported me, uh, especially over multiple takes. So we just kind of like propped it up with like a million two by fours and or books and or whatever was around. And then we just, I just ran across it like a whole bunch of times. Because um, that had like a lot of people in it. Pretty much those couple days where the middle of the movie where like the derelicts and the family are just all in the room together. And those were all really, um, intense shooting days. We just had a lot of people, uh, doing stuff. And we had, you know, a really short time to basically do all of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really, did, go, ahead. go on, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I mean, pretty much any scene where we were all together in the dining room was just difficult. I mean, there's just a lot of people packed in there. You know, and trying to keep up with the continuity of the table getting progressively more fucked up too, you know. Yeah, just <laughs> like yeah, I just feel like any time we shot a scene out but you know, whether it was like in the uh Constance's bedroom or something like that, or it just felt like a relief and or the, you know, even the day I was doing the truck just to be outside. Yeah. It was nice not to be in that damn living room or dining room, I guess we we'll turn it into. Uh yeah, that was just kind of the place you didn't. No one wanted to be, but it's the place pretty much everyone had to be the most. Yeah, what was the cleanup like after uh, after you rent the house? You know, I wouldn't know. That was not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> not good. <laughs> uh, there is permanent damage done to that house. I'll say that much. Yeah, there there was some, a bit of a mess to be cleaned up. I know. Uh, you know, the one I always think of is Dalton's head that caved in the wall. Yeah. I'm sure Brett probably mentioned the, yeah, that left a little bit of a dent. Uh, the blood splatter on the ceiling, that's like irre- irrevocably 
stuck there forever. Well, and I just remember by, I mean, I don't know what day it was, maybe day two, three, on, on set of that house. I don't know who, I don't remember who it was, but I remember we were done shooting for the day. We were sitting just kind of in the, the kitchen. And I looked at someone and I said, this house is fucked. I said, there's no way, I'm already seeing stuff. You know, it can be something as simple as, you know, hauling camera equipment in and maybe it chips the edge of the doorway. It's like 25 people's worth of foot traffic going through. Yeah, you just have a ton of people moving a bunch of shit in a small space. And in addition to things like, yeah, blood and makeup. You know, again, we're all covered in, the derelicts anyway are covered in gross kind of dirt paint that's dripping off of us because we're all sweating. And that teeth stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just, a gross set that uh, so it became apparent quick. I said, I hope this is accounted for because this house is not going to be the house it was by the time we're finished with this. That's already apparent. House got derelict. Did, did uh, either of you guys make any of the festivals? Uh, what was the one? In, I went to the one in California. I was, yeah, the one I, uh, I went on. Yeah, Andre and I, yeah, Andre and I went out to Santa Rosa, uh, which was neat. Uh, and then I was also there at Telluride for a career in, uh, in Telluride, Colorado, uh, which was really neat. I mean, that was a cool thing to see. Uh, you know, before we had started, there was, you know, a line wrapped around the building to get in. And that was just a, an exciting kind of, you know, vindicating moment or validating, I should say, kind of like uh, just to see a group of people waiting to get in to see the movie. It was, it was, watch them watch it was, was really cool. It, it was fun. I wish we could have gone to more, but. Um, we just, uh, we got jobs and we got to stay here in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brett has a little bit more flexibility and being able to move around and, and, you know, and we need it too. You know, he's so glad he's out there doing the, a lot of the representation for us. But. So, uh, how did the crowd usually react at, uh, at the festivals? I feel like the people that saw it liked it. I think that once uh, I feel like those kind of movies, I feel like most people are are into it. Like we've definitely, I've definitely had like feedback about like, oh, you could have done this and that. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. Like for sure, I could have, you know, had uh, some improvements. And you know, we obviously learned a lot. But um, I feel like yeah, people who do watch are like, damn, still, that's like crazy that you made that. Like, yeah, we. Uh, I know that you know, and I've seen a few people walk out, which is fine. <laughs> in fact, I would say less people did than I expected. At least at the ones I was at. Uh, we had at Santa Rosa a uh, the day before we screened our poster was sitting out in the lobby. Yeah. I saw this. Here, I, I saw this uh, a family go up, and these little kids were pointing at the poster and saying, "Well, we want to go see that." And I was thinking, "Oh my god!" And I was thinking, like, "I, I hope they don't." And sure enough, the next the next day, we're sitting in the theater waiting for it to start, and they walk in, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> I mean, these kids they had three, I think, and they raged probably from like eight to 11, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and they, I just kept watching them probably more than the movie. I was waiting for them to just cut and bail. Uh, but they never did. They sat through the whole thing. And so, <laughs> did they ask a question too? Uh, they asked a question. They might've, I'm not sure. We were on stage. So I could tell who was asking what, but, uh, they might've, yeah, they stuck around. I, that was cool. And I saw Brett, I don't know if this was, uh, the screening you were at, but I saw a Q&A online where uh, a little girl asked Brett a question. <laughs> she asked a couple questions, actually. Uh, were they so, good questions? Yeah, they were, actually. They, she had better, that, the little girl asked better questions than, like, 90% of Q&A people ask. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think, that, I think that, that was, that might have been the one I was at, because I think um, the guy who runs it, I think it was his daughter. 
Okay. All right. Nice. She's yeah. always just doing nepotism <laughs> as well, of course. Right. So, um, what kind of what horror movies were you guys into before you started uh, making your own? Uh, you know, all the good ones. <laughs> uh, good answer. Alex and I don't see them. Uh, I think, like, a lot of my favorite... A lot of my favorites, uh, my favorite horror movie in general is Take This Chainsaw Master. I think that that probably comes through pretty clear. Uh, I think we all really like that movie. We, and especially for me and Andre, who grew up in Texas, you know, Brett's a, a Jersey boy. But, uh, you know, I, I think that that's the big one. Um, I said too for me, for sure. I like a good dose of, like, comedy, you know, but uh, also just, like, you know, spooky elements. Uh, you know, lights of violence, bodily fluids. I'm a big uh, slasher movie guy too. Uh, my favorite series is Friday the 13th, uh, but I like all of them. Love the uh, big scream guy also. Uh, so it really ranges. Like I like anything from a slasher to a, you know, again like a, a Wes Craven type Hill have eyes deal to, a, to something supernatural or you know Exorcist or something like that. Kind of the whole the whole thing, I guess. Yeah, all the horror movies. Uh, mm-hmm. We love the thing too. If we're gonna talk about five miles, oh, yeah. thing is one of mine and Andre's both of our favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, we're actually gonna play uh, the thing board game tonight with some people. Oh, yeah. There's a bar near here that yeah. It's, it's a fantastic out. game. Yeah, yeah. We we yeah. do it about once every couple months or so. They have pretty it. good at it now. <laughs> It's a while, yeah. I uh, a friend of mine got it for me for uh, Christmas one year, and I bring it with me to uh, to the conventions, and uh, in the hotel play. And it, it's a great game because it encourages like lying and and yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's fun. Like I remember last time we played, we like burnt one of our friends. We all thought they were the thing, and you know burned them up, and then and it turned out they weren't. And then I just thought it was very funny that we just uh, you know that's in a game, but we we played totally got someone an innocent person. Wait, tell about that last game we played. Well, yeah, the last one we did, I was elected at the end of the game. I was elected to be the person to choose everyone for the helicopter, and everyone voted, you know, that I should be that person, and I was the thing. So <laughs> from that from that moment, everyone lost. I was like, oh great. So then you also could like he could do the blood test. So you asked like a couple people, right? You asked me, and you asked someone else, and then it turned out I was also a thing, and I didn't know he was right. Uh, he, you know, that came. He was kept it under wraps. So I'm like, fuck, now I'm going to tell him. He's going to burn me. You know, it's going to be over. And then he just like, goes, oh, okay. And then he sits down. And he goes, all right, I choose Andre. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I was uh, taking as many things with me as I could. Yeah. And then we, uh, yeah. 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 It's an amazing game. Especially if you have, uh, you have to have a bunch of people to play, but it's a great game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why it kind of works out because. Again, they hold it at the the bar here at Alamo Draft House, and uh, so you know people just kind of meet up. You know, we always have group. at least eight people, so it's like a full game, pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, last you know hours, and we'll do two rounds if everybody mm-hmm. like kind of knows what's going on. It's really fast to get one into it. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and. Um... I, I know, obviously, the second one's very, very comedic. It's a comedy version of the first <laughs> one, but I do think the first one actually has a lot of comedy too. That I think some people don't re- don't realize. I think it's, it's it a is. fun movie. It's kind of in the same way that, like, um, I feel like that last time we watched Last House on the Left, and I 
and I really realized that whole like two cops with the chicken coop shtick. I yeah. Was, this is really out of place, but uh-huh. you know, race was very common in like those kinds of movies. It's, that's um, funny. You, funny you mentioned that because I had an actor on uh, early in the year for I forget the name now. Um, uh, from from that, and when I watched it for the interview, I was like, "This is way more funny than than I remember it." Like you think of it was like yeah. a super dark movie, but I was like, and "It is really like dark even the music they play and after, stuff." Yeah, just, just like this really like who thought maybe like Wes Craven was just like, "All right, this is we gotta we gotta do something." I don't even care. Just we got chicken coops. Let's just throw the chicken coops. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah the two cops are just total dolts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, for sure. Like, and that's, that's we all have that appreciation again for that dark humor, and that's, that's where a lot of our, you know, some of the dialogue came from. I know right now, like talking about uh, his reference, John Waters. I know that some of the ways we wrote some of the dialogue kind of came out of that. Um, there were a few lines that I feel like we got away with uh, that we kind of wrote just that sounded. We love the way that they sounded, and then we thought, oh, at some point, someone. That someone probably being Brett was going to look at that and say, you, you can't have them say that. Just, that just doesn't sound right. It makes sense. And yeah, one of them was Francis, the grandpa, saying, knocking on the door and saying, or no, it's when he asked to go to the bathroom. He says, uh, I need to use the facilities of this house. And Brett said, no, no one says that. He said, just say the bathroom. <laughs> we said, no, we wanted to say the facilities of that phrase. Yeah, use the phrase. But then we got in a fist fight. Uh, <laughs> it was like, Peter fighting the chicken style between me and Brett and Clay. Uh, but then it all worked out because that line totally stayed because me and Clay overpowered him. <laughs> we need our two versus one vote and it works. <laughs> so, uh, but actually, what's the, what's the best uh, barbecue in Texas? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, obviously here in Austin we have Franklin's, which is like the really popular one. That's the place you got to get up and be there by like 8 a.m. And so it's not convenient, but it is very, very good. And if you make the trip out of it, you know, you bring a cooler of beer. If you don't mind, you know, drinking some beer at like 8, 9 in the morning uh, to pass the time <laughs> by the time they let you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, I think that's great. That's pretty hard to beat in my book. And then uh, Salt Lake is great. Salt Lake does a good uh, all-you-can-eat oh, yeah. deal. I like any barbecue that'll do an all-you-can-eat. So. I like I like Salt Lake a lot, actually. That would be my vote. They have a nice, mm-hmm. like, you got to love most of those. They have a lot of, like, big open fire pits where you just, like, see it all being cooked. Just, like, that's just a big, you know, cause of the meat, basically. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only been to Dallas-Fort Worth area, so, but everyone uh, always told me that the best uh, is in Austin. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and like Lubbock and like just this kind of central Texas. Austin has like so many just good food places in general. Um, it just kind of attracts the best of everything, kind of. Maybe I'm a little uh, biased. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, where uh, do you guys uh, do you guys know where Derelicts goes from now? Because I know it's, uh, I think it's finished the um, the festival run. So, do you know what's going to happen with the movie? Uh, we would know less than others. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not as much on the business side of things. I know that Brett and uh, our producer and I have been talking to people. You know, we get little updates. That sound I like keep hearing that we're getting talking to some producers reps. Yeah, so the, they're kind of big, but you know, yeah, good. so we're getting closer to some kind of deal. But uh, again, just for my own mental health, I, I tend to stay out of the that that particular <laughs> side of it. Um, uh, I just everybody say, like, loves the movie, Clay. Everybody no, loves no. The movie. Well, 
but a lot of people do, not everybody, but that's that's the, the good thing. If we made a movie that, especially this kind of movie that everyone really liked, I'd go, wow, we definitely made a mistake at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I, we haven't gotten as many walkouts as I thought we should. I wish we'd gotten more walkouts. We need more <laughs> gruesome. The fact that the family yeah, handled it. Everybody will get, there'll be many hands get chopped off. <laughs> not just the fingers, the hands and the feet too. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great cast all around because I don't think there's really any like throwaway characters. Uh, uh, all the derelicts, all the family are all really well performed. Well, thanks. We we definitely yeah. We, and we I think we really liked all of our characters too. I think you know coming up with everyone was fun. It's fun writing everybody. Yeah, I mean, and you know you would almost think that the derelicts would be the more fun group to write, but I think probably the family was <laughs> yeah. a little bit more fun to write just because they were. Uh, I think that we just allowed ourselves a little bit more room for the comedy there. Uh, the family, in some way, is still more gross too. I don't know something about the way they are. Just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone I don't know who said it, but I think it was just the script. I think we shot it. Someone said this script has a, like this like <laughs> angry like sexual grossness <laughs> to it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it was very cool to talk to both of you guys, and I uh, hope people uh, get to see Derelicts when when uh, when they can, because I I thought it was, it was great. I think it's no spoiler here because we're gonna do our, uh, our our best movies of the year, but it's probably gonna be mine. Ooh! Oh my gosh! Yay! Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Awesome success. But yeah, we want to get to that point where you know, because we want to tell people to see it and stuff, but at this point, there's they actually can't. Uh, so right. It should be, we can do some kind of on-demand. Yeah, we just want to be able to do something to where people can see it. And, uh, they uh, must think, like, nobody wants to do that. But, yeah, thank you so much for having us. This is a blast talking. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks. Uh, do either of you guys have uh, social media that people can follow? Uh, I have a Twitter account, which is just my name, uh, at Clay Shirley. Um, I don't do a whole lot of tweeting. I do mainly retweeting of just things that I find funny. Um Thank you guys both. It's been awesome, and uh, I love the movie. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for having us. Hey, this is Bill Mosley. I play uh, Otis in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects and Chop Top and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. Don't touch that dial, or I will lick your plate. <laughs> Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Kelly Dillon. Constance of Derelicts, which I really loved. It's very cool to have you here. Thank you. So I got to see Derelicts at the Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. And uh, not just because you're here, but I thought it was uh, the best movie at at the festival. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, it's a fun film. Definitely. So how did you get involved? Well, um, it's funny because I saw the audition notice, but... I don't always audition for everything and horror is not typically my genre, but um, 
a friend of mine was talking about it. And so I decided to just try it. So I went to the audition and I saw um, several people there. And I saw one of the girls that was auditioning for Emily's role when I was leaving. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't get this there. I don't look old enough to be that girl's mom and, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, so I was really excited and surprised when they called me back. And um, and that was it. Yeah, so, so since it, since horror isn't uh, your genre, what interested you about it? Um, I thought the story was fun, and um, I had never tried horror, so I wanted the challenge, and um, yeah, so it looked interesting. Do you know what scene it was that you auditioned with? Yes, it was the scene with Greg and I in the kitchen. All right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever worked with him before? No, I haven't. Um, I had worked with Les on a project before, but we didn't act with each other in that project. So he was the only actor that I knew before uh, going in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great like ensemble cast. Everyone's awesome in it. And uh, from what I understand from talking to some other people, you guys had uh, some time to rehearse it? Yeah, we did. We rehearsed... Um, with each other. And then we had one-on-ones with Brett and, um, so yeah, we did. We, and then we had, you know, of course the table read a couple of those one in just at a studio and one in the house. So that was fun. Yeah. Most of the movie, probably maybe all your scenes are in, are in the house. So, uh, what was that house like? Uh, so you were in that, how long were you in the house for? Oh, uh, I think we did, I feel, I think it was 13 days and it was hot as hell. And, uh, it was like in the middle of the summer. And of course we had to turn the air conditioner off because of sound, but it was very hot with a full casting crew and lights and everything. But, um, it was great because, um, the cast was all there almost all the time. So we really bonded and it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun behind the scenes. Yeah. Did you also stay in the house like at night? No, okay. no. Um, I live in Austin, so I just went home. Um, All right. But some people did. Yeah. yeah. And I think even some uh, Brad and Clay and Andre all slept in tents in the backyard. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, off topic, but I've been to Texas a few times. Where's the best barbecue in Austin? Franklin's. All right. I've never been but there. Little, I, I, oh, yeah. it's delicious. And I knew Aaron before he opened, and so he would have backyard barbecues and invite everybody. So he's kind of raising money to start his restaurant, and it's so good. I mean, he did a lot of experimenting during that time, but um, I used to go to Lockhart for barbecue, and um, I come from a big barbecue family. So okay. um, when Franklin's opened up, it was very exciting. Except the line is too long, so typically I'll go to Black's instead. All right. <laughs> but, um, but Franklin's is definitely the best. All right. So I've only been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but anytime I have a guest on in Texas, they always tell me Austin is the best place for the barbecue. Austin is the best place in Texas. I'm born and raised in Texas. I lived in Dallas and grew up there, but Austin is definitely a little gem in Texas. All right. So, uh, what did you think of Brett? Because uh, you know he's a younger guy uh, making his first feature film. Like, uh, what did you think when you first met him, and what did you think of him while while you're working with him? 
he's so quiet. (laughs) He's very, yeah, he's an introvert, but he is awesome. He's very creative and um, he's fun and he gave good direction. And I felt like we had a pretty good rapport and um, yeah, it was, it was fun to work with. Mm -hmm. He's really passionate about it. So that's awesome too. Yeah, definitely. It was really cool because I met him at, uh, at the festival and he was a super nice guy. So I was hoping I'd like his movie. Cause then it's, you know, I feel really bad not liking it, you know, after he's such a, a nice person, but, uh, I end up loving yeah. it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like, uh, Constance is like the only innocent character in the movie? No, I don't think Constance is innocent at all. All right. <laughs> um, no, I think Constance is kind of like, a mama lion type, you know, I think she can hold herself pretty well, but when it comes to her family, she's pretty protective and she's also vulnerable. So she's got some layers. Mm-hmm. You think there's a, there's a supernatural element to your character? Um, I, yeah, I do. I think in some ways, yes. Um, although I don't know, I mean, it could be that it's, could be all in her head. It could be all in her head. It could be strength. It could be survival. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it could be, you know, things that she imagined to get her through what was going on. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which is always good in a movie when it kind of it leaves it up to the audience to uh, to figure out what what exactly is going on. Yeah, exactly. And when I first read the script, actually, a few times, the first few times I read it, I didn't really pick on it, pick up on it. But during the filming, you know, those things came in and I got to see them. And so that was kind of exciting and kind of changed my view a little bit of her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what was it like when you first see the finished movie? And then, you know, you can see how it's edited and uh, maybe even more stuff that you didn't really realize while you're filming the movie. Oh, it was so fun. It was so fun to see it the first time. And I was really impressed by Les and Samson and their uh, dialogue, and especially the bathroom scene when they're getting dressed and stuff. Um, just, But watching everybody with it completed was just awesome. It was really fun to see it all put together. Yeah. Les really is great in the movie. And uh, the character plays... Um... Uh, Black Forest. He, he has an awesome speech in the movie, which uh, gives you some sympathy yeah. for the derelicts. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Kind of gives them a little bit of heart mm-hmm. and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Now, the dere- uh, the char- the actors who played the derelicts told me they, they all came with, uh, up with like backstory for their characters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did, did you and the other actors who play, uh, I guess, the family in the movie do the same? Yes, we did. Yeah, I am. Um, I wrote pretty extensive backstory and went to Brett with it, and we talked about it and stuff. And he gave me some things to change, and um, so it was a good collaboration. And he gave me things that I hadn't thought about. So, mm-hmm. and I forgot I had I I did know Kara before this. I forgot I knew her from a class. Okay. So I did know two people, Les and Kara. <laughs> All right, that's cool. So, um, do you think like as an actor? Uh, coming up with a backstory helps uh, the character, even if the audience doesn't know all the backstory, it like oh, for sure. it adds some layers, you know, to your performance. 
Yeah, definitely. It gets you, you know, acquainted with the character and really getting to know the character and get into the character's body and mind. And yeah, definitely. So uh, were there uh, any hard scenes to shoot for you? Actually, the scene with Greg in the kitchen was probably the hardest because both of us were really shy. And um, at that point, we didn't know each other very well. So it was that was probably the hardest scene. Uh, I saw that you're uh, working with him uh, on a short movie fetish. Yeah, I helped produce that one. Did did you meet then on on this movie on Derelicts? Yeah, we did, and we've become really great friends. And um, he was writing fetish during uh, Derelicts, actually, and so started kind of helping him with that. And then he was uh, he moved to LA right after we finished shooting Derelicts, but he wanted to shoot fetish here in Austin, so. Um, I was helping him out with a lot of the stuff here locally while he was in LA. And so just kind of became a bigger part of that back end part of the film. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how much you could tell us about fetish. Fetish is awesome. It's, it's uh, very unique and it's very well written and it's fun to watch. Have you seen it? No, I'd like to oh, see it. I just uh, uh, read about it today. Yeah, we'll have to get you a link. It's really fun. It's very quirky and original, and um, the ending is a big surprise, so spoiler, but um, it's it's a very fun film. Um, where, where do, because uh, it seems, you know, from doing the show, shorts have uh, become a lot more uh, popular over the last, like, five years or so. Uh, I think a lot of it's because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, there's places people watch from YouTube and, and festivals and so where does that go fetish? Like, does it go to the festivals? You know, where can people see it? Yeah. Fetish, we've been to a handful of um, festivals. The thing about fetish is it's a little bit longer than most shorts. And so it's a little harder to get into the festivals because they want shorter so they can get more in. So we've had a little bit of a struggle getting into a lot of festivals, but, um, yeah, we cut it down as much as we could, and David didn't want to cut anything else out of it. Um, and, you know, it is what it is, and it's it's longer than most shorts, but we found homes for it, and we've had really great audience feedback. And um, so at some point, hopefully, it'll go on some of the streaming sites, but um, we still have yeah. some festivals this year that we're going to, so. That's cool. Now, um, have, did you do any of the festivals for um, for Derelicts? I did not get to attend any of them, no, unfortunately. Yeah, did you go to like? Uh, did you get to see the movie with an audience at any time? Like any kind of any yeah. type of screening? Yeah, we had we had a cast and crew screening here in Austin. That was how a did lot that go? On the big screen. Oh, okay. It was great. Yeah. yeah, we got really great feedback, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about for fetish? Do uh, the festivals uh, have you been to those? I have not. We had a couple of screenings here in Austin for cast and crew, and we opened it up to a general audience. And again, we had some great feedback, and the festival that it has been to has um, re- has been very well received as well. Yeah. Uh, would you and uh, uh, David uh, work together again? Or do you have any plans? I hope to? so. Yeah, I hope so. He's got some more things that he's writing right now, and I'd love to help him produce them again. Mm-hmm. So when you got when you took the role for, of Constance, did you, Constance, did you watch any horror movies to like uh, prepare to do a horror movie? <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, I say that horror movies are not my genre, but that's for acting. I've watched horror movies my entire life. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, so um, 
<clears throat> this one was a little bit different, of course, than the horror movies that are out there. So it was fun that it was original. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, um, I didn't want Constance to be like a stereotypical whore. I mean, I wanted her to be, you know, grounded and, and normal. So not necessarily, I didn't want to use other horror movies as my inspiration for her. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I've I always watched horror movies. I used to love to watch them when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Um, goodness. I mean, I like, um, horror movies that are more suspenseful and, uh, you know, the, not the, the cheap scares and stuff, although sometimes it's fun. Um, I'm starting to revisit a lot of them because one of my kids is starting to get into horror movies. So we're starting to watch quite a few of them, which is kind of fun. But, um, let's see. When I was a kid, I think, my mom introduced me to magic and to, um, yeah. And what was the, I can't recall the name of it with, with the girl who was blind. Um, Hmm. I can't recall the name of it, but I always watched all the Friday the 13th and, and nightmare on the streets and probably nightmare on street one was probably my favorite. I think of all of them just because kind of, yeah, it's classic. I don't know. When I was a kid, when I saw it the first time, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite as it's not as uh, comedic as uh, as the sequels, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, ma- magic. Uh, I always mention on the show since I grew up watching horror movies, I don't really get scared watching horror movies anymore. But magic always the, the trailer always scared me, and it's on YouTube. It's only like ten seconds long. It's just the mannequin saying this little riddle, and at the end, it's like, and then you're dead. And uh, that yeah. always really creeped me out because I, I had like yeah. a. Uh, a man, not the mannequin, a uh, whatever ventriloquist uh, dummy, and it looked just like him. That always would uh, freak me out. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to be briefly. I wanted to be a ventriloquist when I was a kid, and so I had a ventriloquist doll for a little <laughs> while. And so I, I thought that was pretty cool, though, when I saw the movie. Yeah. All right. I thought maybe that's what what ended you wanted to become a ventriloquist. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a real lack of a Thanksgiving themed horror movies or really movies in general, I think. But uh, so it's right. cool that there's there's a there's a great uh, new uh, Thanksgiving horror movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's not I can't I know it's Thanksgiving is one, but it's not very good. Uh, and <laughs> planes, trains and automobiles, not horror, but it's a great movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie to watch back to back. Planes, trains, and right? automobiles, and derelicts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what do you have? Uh, what are you working on? Right now, I'm not working on yeah. anything. Actually, I'm just uh, I continue to take classes all the time to keep my uh, skills honed and learn new things and grow. And um, have a script that someone sent me last week that I'm meeting about this week for another short and. Um, and right now, that's it. So it's Waiting kind of a, for the next scene. All right. So this kind of a spoiler question, but um, so if you haven't watched a movie yet, I guess uh, shut your ears for a couple minutes. Uh, why, why do you think Constance lets Turk go at the end? I think she's had enough at that point. I think she's just had enough, and I think she knows he's harmless in some ways. I think she kind of. 
sees a little bit of her in him in some ways. And, you know, I think she just, I think she was done at that point. And there was, you know, he wasn't going to hurt her. There was nothing left. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool, Turk has a really cool look. It's a uh, very bizarre that, uh, with the teddy bear that has, still has the legs and the arms on the mask. Yes. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had a lot of really creative ideas and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good use of a uh, split screen in the movie too. Uh, it's probably something you didn't yeah. realize until you watched the movie. Yeah. The first cut didn't have that. And, um, I really liked what Matt did with that. I thought it worked really well. From what I understand, the first cut's a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, did you think, so, uh, did you think the, the current cut w- w- is a better film? I do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's always, there's always so much footage and it's really hard to get a film cut down and keep all of the elements and stuff. But the, the, it was a little bit long, the first cut. And, um, and so, yeah, I was definitely happier with the final cut. Mm-hmm. I don't think we lost anything. And I think, um, I think it was done really nicely. Mm-hmm. So uh, what made you want to become an actor? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, VCRs first came out. I'm dating myself here. Um, but my mom and I, um, we had a local video store. And we would just watch videos all weekend. We'd go and get like 10 movies and watch videos all weekend. And um, and she never really censored me when I was a kid. So I saw all, all kinds of films. And um, I guess when I was about seven, Victor Victoria came out with Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just took to that film and I loved it. And I would dress up like Julie Andrews and I had short hair and I would slick it back like she did in the film. And I would pretend to be her. And um, and then, you know, as I got older and continued to watch films, I just the emotion that I would feel when watching them. I was just amazed by it. I was like, I have to, you know, I have to do this. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to make other people feel like this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I always wanted to do it. And when I went to school, I took drama in high school and then, um, I wanted to go to college for it, but my mom was like, well, you need to do something that, you know, to fall back on. And so I took her advice instead of majoring in theater or film. But as soon as I uh, graduated from college, I started taking acting classes and getting into it. And I just loved it. And I've never looked back. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, doing a little math, I think actually we might be about the same age after I looked up the year, okay. Victoria. All right, Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when you know VCR first came out; it was pretty awesome. And uh, we had the. It is sad that there's. I know people say you know blockbuster. It's too bad there's no blockbusters. But uh, to me, blockbuster put out all the the mom and pop uh, video stores that were in town. So yeah. I don't miss blockbuster. I miss the the video stores before that. Yeah, because we had we had a mom and pop video store in our in the city that we lived. We lived in a small town outside of Dallas, and um, it was a fairly small video store. But I swear we probably watched ninety percent of the videos in there, so that was fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, I remember. Uh, no, no one will know this, but uh, Curtis Mathis was our first video store, and 
it was weird because you had to write down the number of the video you wanted, and then you'd go up with like a list, and you wouldn't know <laughs> if it was it or not until like you told them, and then if it wasn't, and you had to like go back and find another number. It wasn't the best system, but <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I think the one that we had had a little card behind the box. So you just yeah. take the card up to the front, yeah. I think they did that later on. Yeah, the yeah. number system was not a good idea. So did you do uh did you do stage acting? Um before you did like uh shorts and, and films? No, I was always terrified to do theater and um actually I did a live showcase a few years ago and it was the first um, live performance that I'd done. And I was so nervous until right before I went up and then right, it just kind of this calm came over me and I went up and performed and it was fantastic. And the rush that I got was awesome. And so I thought maybe I would like to do some theater. Um, right now my kids are too small, so I don't have the time to put into it, but at some point I would, I would like to do that. Yeah. Try it out. But I so, do prefer film. Mm-hmm. Did did your uh, is your mother alive? Did she get to see you uh, uh, become an actor? Yes, yeah, she's alive and well, and yeah, she's a good support system. So whenever I'm um, rehearsing or filming or in class, and my husband's not available, she helps by taking care of the kids and stuff. So she's always been real supportive of that. That's good. So uh, yeah. do you do yeah do you do social media for for people to follow you if, if they'd like to yeah. Yeah, I have a page on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And all of my handles are the same, Kelly B. Lynn. All right, so it's easy to find. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I really dug the movie. And I uh, I really believe if it gets out there, it's going to be uh, uh, horror fans are really going to like it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad it turned out as good as it did. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. And the audience loved it, not just me. It was... Uh, Everyone in the audience uh, really dug it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for doing this. It was a good time. Yeah, thanks so much. Hi, this is Mark Scheffler, Jr. from Last House on the Left, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by David Lee Hess of Derelicts and of Fetish, which we'll talk about a little bit later. It's very cool oh, to cool. have you here. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. So I got to see Derelicts at uh, Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival, which is a very long title, and it was uh, <laughs> it was my, it was my favorite movie of the uh, of the festival. I thought it was great. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! That's in I guess in Buffalo, New York. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would be weird if it was mm-hmm. the Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival when it was like in Cleveland or something. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Wyoming, where there are lots of buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True. So, um, well, first, it's a great cast. I think everyone is is great in it. There's like no throwaway characters. Like uh, both families, everyone's uh, is is great in the role. I like you. How you call that? Both families. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, how did you get it? How did you get involved in? It, and what did you think of the script when you first saw it? Yeah. Um, let's see. I I I'm familiar with some of those. Uh, people on the crew. Um, a lot of them were friends from the University of Texas film program where I was, at least for a little while, I was on uh, speed dial for Weird Dad or Dad to Weird Kid. And uh, so I, I was familiar with the first AD and um, a few other characters that were in the crew part of it. 
so I don't remember if they, if he, if uh, the AD had asked me to come in, but I, 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 anyway, I came across the audition and went in for it. And uh, yeah, I mean, the script, it speaks for itself. Unfortunately, when we got the full script, Brett sent us uncommonly, not, not a routine thing, but he sent a whole bunch of references, which is always great. Uh, some descriptive things. And then also just some old films that uh, give you an idea of what you're reading. Cause sometimes it's hard to read a script and know exactly where, what, you know, what they're going for, what they're seeing, what their what the tone is of certain lines. And so it was really nice to get some of those uh, references to know it. So then I knew when I read it that, you know, it was mayhem. It was total mayhem <laughs> and uh, and a lot of fun. You know, it wasn't it wasn't taking itself too seriously, and uh, it's just going to be a ball on both sides. And as you said, it, it did feel like two families in a way, like these two uh, dysfunctional groups coming together <laughs> for mm-hmm. a for a terrible yeah. turkey day. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember which uh, which movies uh, were part of that to watch? Oh boy, I re- uh, I won't. I, I have that information. I can send to you. But um, there was one where it was one from the '60s, and it had uh, it was like a it was a New York City like tra- uh, on the subway. These guys basically invaded this couple and took and and uh, uh, you know kidnapped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were awful people. Uh, that's so vague. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I can, I'll send that stuff to you uh, when I got it. I have, the, I have the email from from Brett, um, but there I don't have them on the top of my head. That's fine. That, so, um, what, were you always going to play Greg, or were you just interested in the script in general? Yeah, no, I was always going to play Greg. Uh, that's what I that's what I went in for, and it was probably the most appropriate. It's possible, like in LA, I, I get a lot of gigs for people that are dead inside or, or murderers and stuff. I have a resting murder face. So, uh, yeah. So I get a lot of stuff where like, Oh, that guy's really nice. And then later on, he does something awful. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later probably. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I was always going to be Greg and, and, um, and he was, you know, he does turn out to be kind of a, a jerk, not in the same way that I usually get cast, but he's, he's not a, he's not a good family man. Uh, but not a murderer either. So yeah, I was always going to play that. I auditioned for that, and and uh, that's the one I got. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you have a great uh, expressions in the movie, like either you're hiding something or or uh-huh. you're like ashamed, and because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of your characters like reacting to what's going on, and uh, right, you did you did great in it. But yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, I got into film through improvisational comedy, and part of my wheelhouse is our like facial expressions and physical comedy. So, um, that's hopefully that's come, come to bear in some of these movies I'm doing. Yeah. I thought maybe you're just a really guilty guy. <laughs> <That's you. laughs> so, so, uh, Kelly, who plays your wife, uh, did you, um, what would she like to work with? And do you think you had like a good chemistry right away? Uh, well, no. And I hope she, I hope she gave the other answer. Uh, no, we, we got along great, but on that first day, I didn't even talk to her. I typically, when I go, this is, you know, just personal information, but when I go into like a room with a big group of people, I will typically just shut up and listen to everybody else just so I know 
I get a feel for what's going on and what, what everyone's like and where I fit in and stuff. And so that first, we had a table read uh, on the first day that we were together and uh, I, I really said nothing to her. And she told me later, I thought you were a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, Hey, that works. That's fine. <laughs> Cause it turns out I'm going to be a jerk in this movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but a- after that, you know, we, it was, it was, especially with the, uh, well, with everybody, both the families kind of mixed behind the mm-hmm. scenes. We, uh, our green room was upstairs in that house. And, uh, we would all just, and there was, there was just like a bed and a few chairs. And so we all ended up getting, you know, becoming really good friends because like, uh, my son in that movie, Dalton and Kelly and I were always, usually we're in scenes together. So when we were on break, we were all up in bed together. So, uh, you know, so we got to be uh, great friends and, and yeah, I love those guys. Yeah. Well, what about Brett? Um, what were your impressions of him right away? Cause he's a pretty young guy to, to be directing a, his first feature. Yeah, for sure. You know, he's really, um, he's really reserved. It was great to get that email that I mentioned with the references and everything, uh, and, you know, description and to hear from him first from where he was coming from, because in person, he's very reserved, pretty quiet guy. Um, on set, he, he was, he was kind of in like, it was a pretty low key set that he is what we would have a video village. It was really just the kitchen. Uh, for the, whenever we were all shooting in the dining room. Um, so, and he, you know, he didn't like, he wasn't like super, um, aggressive or, you know, act, act really active with every single shot and everything. The AD and the, one of the producers would, were sort of, uh, moving around more and helping, you know, helping him to do what he needed to do. But yeah, the first time I met him, I mean, again, even in that first meeting, he was, he was pretty quiet. He kind of just said, hello, and thank you for being here and gave us, you know, an overview of what he was trying to do. And then the rest of the time, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of, of, uh, interaction with, with Brett, like just compared to other directors that I've worked with. He's a real quiet guy and he just has, you know, a singular vision. He kind of, it has that, I'm sure that sixties and seventies, um, kind of B movie feel in a way, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and he's getting stuck to that, which is great. I mean, he didn't have to do a lot with us. So, um, yeah, my impression was, I bet he's messed up in his head. (laughs) (laughs) So, so since you said, uh, improv comedy is kind of how you got into acting. Um, uh, before that, were you, are you, were you a horror movie fan at all? Yeah. You know, I was a fan, but not like, not like I am now and not like all the people that I'm getting to meet now that I've been doing, I I haven't been acting too long about a little under 10 years or so. And I've gotten in, you know, I've I've gone to some horror festivals now with, with my movie and, and with some other movies that I was involved with. And the horror community is incredible. It's, it's really, I almost prefer it to the general film community because it's, it's very focused on, on horror as broad as horror can be, you know, that can mean a lot of things, but you know what I mean? At these festivals and even online, they're just so supportive. Everyone loves, loves, uh, you know, that people are making things. They love films. They love talking about it. And so it's exciting to be a part of that. Prior to that, I was just like kind of a passive fan. You know what I mean? I loved, I wasn't, I wasn't even a real nerd about it. I just, I liked mm-hmm. horror something about it. I, you know, Halloween was kind of the first one that really spoke to me in a way. Uh, I'm sure because, because I was also a type of voyeur, you know, just being a little kid, I would always, you know, I would rather just sit and 
watch people at a party, you know? And so I think that Halloween's <laughs> point of view sort of spoke to me in a way <laughs> like, yeah, I know that guy. I'm an, I'm an outcast too. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that was kind of my experience with horror prior to getting into film. I wasn't, I was just sort of a passive fan and, you know, like things, but I never really, I didn't, you know, I wasn't on forums and I didn't go to festivals and I didn't really talk to a lot of people about horror. Yeah. I just started doing the, uh, the conventions in 2012, I think. And, uh, everyone's very accepting, like, uh, um, you know, people that are all in black with, you know, crazy, uh, shirts and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, what you would think like more of like a, a normal looking person, I don't say normal, but, but everyone's <laughs> very accepting of everybody because they all share like a common uh, love. Yeah. Like when I was, I don't know if I was in middle school or high school and I saw some of those people that you're describing, I probably would have been scared or I would have thought I'm, I'll never get along with that type of person. It turns out all those people are some of the sweetest people you meet. You know what I mean? They just, yeah. you know, it's just fashion. Uh, and, and then again, like I didn't get to go, but um, fetish got into nightmares film festival in, uh, I guess it's in Columbus. And that guy opened up, opens up like a, uh, a Facebook group, essentially. It's like a private group for everyone that's part of the festival. And man, I was blown away. Within like two hours, people would like, liked my introduction and said hello. And, you know, and we're just so supportive. Likewise with Telluride Horror Show and, and Telluride. It's just incredible how how friendly everyone is there. And, and, what, and that, that was a really great place to, to see that because it's just one street and a few theaters. And, they're, you know, it's not... It's not like a, a festival where you have to drive all over town and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's it's really cool community. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, well, I watched Fetish right before the interview because I was waiting to watch it before uh, I did the interview with you. Uh, yeah, so cool. it's fresh in my mind. And I loved it. So it I don't want to give too much away, I guess, but it starts <laughs> out like it's like a, like a, kind of like a quirky, uh, sweet movie. And then it takes... Uh, <laughs> quite the turn it's uh i thought it was amazing oh sweet i'm glad you liked it yeah it's like uh we we set out to make the best romantic comedy that we can make you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and it kind of follows that that arc um and it's weird you know it's not like a romantic comedy with ben sure. stiller but <laughs> it's got its own little twists and turns it's funny too because it's gotten i submitted originally to a lot of regular festivals and they were kind of lukewarm on it but the genre festivals like ithaca fantastic and um can tell you right really which is kind of a, a genre festival uh, they really love it so yeah i'm happy i, I just resubmitted to a bunch of uh, genre and horror festivals and we'll see how that goes but oh, nice. yeah man yeah i'm glad you yeah. got a chance to see it yeah, and you have pretty sweet hair doing the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i hate to admit it in a way but that was kind of the the inspiration or it was the spark that really got me going uh, to write it. I did this commercial for an energy drink and uh, as an actor, and uh, there was just one bit. It was like a 10, 20 second commercial. We did like three different ones. So this one was like 20 seconds. And one of the bits on it is I'm wearing a wig and a guy pulls off the wig and he, he thinks it's a it's a wig for spies, but it's actually my toupee. And underneath was this kind of weird hair. And so I had this picture of this guy, and you know it was like three seconds of the whole commercial. And I was like, God, I love that guy. I mean, he's just so <laughs> weird looking. You know, easy for me to say, but uh, you know, 
but I was like, God, I would love to write something for him. Just, you know, see what this guy does and, and make it so that make it, um, so that no one ever comments on that hair. He just lives in a world where that hair is okay. You know, no one, no one, no one's going to bother him. And that's how, it, that's how it happens in fetishes. No one ever, no one's ever giggling behind his back or, mm-hmm. or making fun of him. It's just like, he's a, he's a cool dude. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a weird question, I guess, concerning, concerning the movie, but, uh, are you anything like Clark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I look just like him, except I've got a little more hair, not too much right. more, but, uh, uh, no, not, not in particular. I mean, I, I like girls, but you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, n- not to the extent it's funny how, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that I didn't research that so much, what I assume you're talking about, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a, the fetish is a foot fetish. So right. I didn't research that any more than I already had, <laughs> uh, to see the, the wor- that world. But it's afterward I have mainly because of Instagram, because a lot of people with hashtag and stuff, you know, I'm getting that community is coming at me in a way. And it's incredible. Like it's kind of a diverse, like it's almost like horror in its own way where it's super diverse. There's a lot of different types of that particular fetish uh, I was unaware of and people that are really, really motivated, you know, really inspired (laughs) by that whole, whole thing, which I'm not in particular, but, uh, it's fascinating. It's, it's even more fascinating now, but I'm glad I didn't see that before I made the movie. I'm glad I just kind of stuck with yeah. what I had. I might've been tempted to like bring in more of that diversity, which I, I didn't, it didn't need. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that, uh, your character like hates his fetish. Is that, uh, is that typical for, uh, people with, uh, foot fetishes or fetishes in general, or don't you know? I, I don't really know, but my, my sense is that, I think once people like the people that I'm, that I was talking about that I've interacted with since the movie, um, they're not ashamed at all. And just the opposite. They're like, some of them to my surprise are like way out. You know, they, they, it's like their profile picture on Facebook. is like some chick's foot, you know, it's a dude, but, but the profile pic is a girl's foot. And it's like, wow, man, that's, that surprises me. But I think, yeah, I think in general, I think people, uh, um, feel a little guilt or uncertainty about their weird feelings. I, regardless of the fetish, it could be any, any fetish or maybe not even a fetish at all. Just like some people are actually feel a little guilt about just sex or, or thoughts mm-hmm. about sex, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's pretty universal. And I knew, I mean, it was also important to us that, that, um, that people like Clark. And I think it's easier to like him if you see, Oh, he's got a, a struggle like I do. And not everyone has that same fetish, but they do have things that are like, I'm working on this. Like, you know, I can't, it's bothering me. This is something that bothers me. And they can identify for sure with that. Whereas you won't find, you'll find a pretty small community that will identify the other way. <laughs> right. Whether identify with like, yeah, Clark's my man. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. uh, Kel- Kelly and Laura uh, are also in derelicts. Did you meet both of them uh, through derelicts? Yes, indeed. Yeah, sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, La, uh, Lana Dietrich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met them both there. I, I, I knew, um, I think I knew Lana prior to that, and I don't remember how, because she's, 
she's also she does a lot of film work in Austin, and and uh, we may have worked on something else together. I don't recall, but I think I'd met her before. But I definitely, uh, obviously, spent a lot of time with them on Derelicts in in close quarters. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So then Kelly actually ended up. She's in the movie, uh, but she ended up helping me produce it as well, and she's she was invaluable in that sense. Mm-hmm. I like the use of the, the music in the therapist's office. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing that's like kind of like the romantic comedy or a lot of the music was except for the very end was was just was built to seduce, you know, uh, that stuff was I can't remember how what we started looking for first, but I ended up, you know, looking at all kinds of music and ended up uh, with Captain and Tennille, which is what that that's what tune is. I ended up actually on an email chain with the Captain and Tennille, which really? was really yeah, that was weird to me. I'm you know, not like I listen to them anymore, but in the seventies, that was like a big deal in my mind. Like the captain, they're such a, they're so strange. Like you know, just a weird. They're like action figures in a way uh, because they're playing. You know, especially the captain, he's some kind of strange hero. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you noticed that. It's, it's really quiet, except in the theater. It's uh, you can hear it a lot more. But I'm glad you mm-hmm. glad you caught yeah. that. It gives you a nice, like, kind of weird. It's like it's supposed to be calming, but it's kind of like weird at the same time. So, it, it, it fits <laughs> yeah. In yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned the festivals, but um, what's that like to to watch your movie, you know, with with an audience? And uh, do you recommend festivals for? Because uh, some people I have on the show, um, they either uh, say that you know they recommend festivals, or I've also had people on who say that that like uh, they're a waste of money. So what is your opinion on the festivals? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think it probably depends on, on what level people are at and, you know, how many movies they've made already and what their goals mm-hmm. are. From my point of view, uh, you know, I just started acting. It's, it's some kind of weird twist of fate that I made a movie at all. Like I, when I started writing that, I never thought of it as a movie. I just thought it was funny. And I worked on it with a friend of mine and, and we were never like, I may have worked on it a year just writing the script without ever thinking I'm going to have a chance to make this into a movie. And so I was walking, my dad came up for the tell you right horror show and we were walking down the street and I was like, man, I made a movie and if that, it's going to play and these people are going <laughs> to go see it. So to me is great. You know, so I have a weird, a different uh, you know point of view that way i can see how it's a waste of money because it, it's expensive and uh you know a lot of those festivals they have so many submissions to look at you you know you don't even know if yours is getting the attention it deserves and 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 it's it's you know it can be painful because you have been so hyper focused on this one thing it takes it takes so much work to to make even a shitty movie that um, it's painful to think that somebody, you know, just kind of passed, passed it over and didn't make So I can see, see how that can be expensive. It's also expensive to fly to all these places or travel to different festivals. So mm-hmm. I can see that, but I think in the long run, like the few friends that I've made that, you know, are kind of doing bigger things, um, they still go because it's where the conversations happen to get you to the next level. Like somebody, mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, could, it just it just is a way to network and and to make yourself more visible than you would otherwise. I'm not sure that's always true for short films. I'm thinking mm-hmm. mainly of feature films because there's so many shorts, and I, I'm sure you've had this experience of 
going to a shorts block or going to three shorts blocks. And then mm-hmm. two days later, you're like, I really like that one about the OCD lady, you know, <laughs> and you don't know who the director was, or you don't know anything. Uh, right. you know, I remember, you know, you kind of vaguely remember it and that's hard, but you know, feature has, can get, can really go somewhere. I mean, they can, they can win awards and, and get the attention of just uh, the right distributor. And, um, and then you're off and running. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that the shorts have become more popular over the last few years. Um, yeah, that's I think what they it's, say. It. Go ahead. I, say, I think it's part of it is the festivals and uh, like uh, places people can see them like YouTube or Vimeo mm-hmm. or wherever people put them. But I think because before, like once you made them, where did they go after that? Because you can't really sell like a, you know, a five minute DVD or even 20 minute. Yeah, exactly. That It's kind of, uh, I know that um, Chris McIntyre is a guy from Austin that's done, he did uh, Death Metal, and uh, he did one just recently called We Summoned a Demon, which is a short, but they're making yeah, an I anthology. Yeah, uh-huh. so they're, they're making an anthology. I mean, that's that's still tough, a tough sell, and I don't know who's going to make money or where it's going to play or anything like that. But mm-hmm. that's one one thing you could do, I guess, is to like have an anthology with a bunch of shorts together. It's something I've been talking about with a with a, a friend of mine uh, that worked on Fetish was um, was making an anthology like Heavy Metal that has like a cohesive cohesive kind of a linking chain that go, a thread that goes through the entire piece uh, mm-hmm. that keeps all those little short films together. But yeah, no, you're right. It's it's um, it's I think at least from the my experience with university students, kind of the, the goal is like two shorts and then you do your feature or three shorts and a feature. So shorts are kind of seen as like just testing ground and, you know, getting your skills together and, and there isn't mm-hmm. much you can do with them. But yeah, I mean, I, the best, I guess the best you can do is to get it online and then promote it and hopefully get, enough views have it be enough popular enough that people send it around and it gets enough views to catch somebody's attention and say, yeah, this guy's cool. We'd like to, we'd like to uh, invest in a feature film. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a short earlier this year, so I'm, I don't know when it's actually coming out, but uh, I'm looking forward oh, to cool. it. Yeah. yeah that's hopefully awesome. I'm not cut out of it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It, it happens. It's hard even when you're not cut out sometimes because it's definitely been cut and you're, the first time watching it, at least my experience is, you know, you're like, I'm looking at making sure I'm not a, I don't look like a dickhead. Uh, and then <laughs> uh-huh. it, it takes me like two or three times of watching a film before I finally just, I'm watching the film. And then as long as that guy that looks like me doesn't get in the way, then I'm happy. <laughs> then I can focus on the movie itself. Yeah. So Was that hard to both uh, direct it and, uh, and be in it? Yeah, it, it would have been. I, I, I co-directed with a guy named Richard or Rick Perry, is what he goes okay. by. It's not the Rick Perry from Texas. He's our <laughs> uh, runs the Department of Energy. But uh, this guy is a guy. He's a director I've worked with a few times. He's directed me, I think, in three films now. Um, and so, since I'd never directed a movie, I asked him to help me. And so it was a, it was much easier that way. I mean, he. I mean, he he really saved me. There's no way the movie would be anywhere near as good as it was because, as you know, I was on screen 90% of the time. So 
there's no way I can go watch footage. I, I just kind of trusted him. We set up the frame and I did most of the directing I did was either just saying, yes, that looks good. And then directing within the scene, you know, I would direct cause I had written it. So I knew how something needs to happen, how it needs to go and what it needs to feel like. And, and so I was usually directing actors solely and Rick was doing most of the directing of everything else. So right. yeah, it would have been really hard. I almost, can't say what it would be like because Rick was always there, you know, he's very protected. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try that next time. That's my goal is to, I, I won't be in the one I'm writing right now. I probably won't be in at all. So I'll have a more, uh, one-on-one connection with what it's like to be a director. Mm-hmm. Can you say anything about that? Like, uh, what kind of short it is? What kind sure, of story yeah, it is? It's, yeah, it's a horror story. Um, I'm at least the, Pending title is a horror story. Um, what do I want to say? It is basically uh, just one couple that are together in a room and and they're telling a horror story together. Uh, and most of the movie will take place right there under their bed, under the bed sheet. And it's not X-rated, but it's under the bed sheet. And uh, and uh, they tell a story together. So. Yeah, there's more to it, of course, but <laughs> that's, the, that's the long line. Yeah. But, I'm still working on it, yeah. I heard some people ask this actually when I was in Buffalo if you were, if you had any relation to David Hess, the actor from uh, Less Us. I wish Love. I did. My uh-huh. favorite movie theater in Los Angeles is the New Beverly, which Quentin Tarantino owns and programs. Yeah. And I, the first time I went there, I go there all the time. I just moved to L.A. about three years ago. And the first time I went there and I gave them my ID to get my ticket, they were like, David Hess. They go, he used <laughs> to hang out here all the time. Uh, and he's a legend, man. I mean, not just because of Last House on the Left and you know the other movies, but he's also a musician, which is what I yeah. did as well. That's what I did in Austin before I started acting. I was a musician, so he and I have a lot in common, so much in common. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm. I don't. I wish I did, but I don't have any relation to him other than uh, our names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna years ago. I was gonna. I'm on the show, and uh, whoever is the go-between was his agent or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Uh, right before they were like, "You can have him on, but he he doesn't want to talk about uh, Last House and Left, only about his music." And I just thought, like, I don't know why. It's, like, I'm happy to talk about the music and the movie, but. Uh, only yeah. that was very strange for the show, but I kind of regret just not having him on. He probably would have just talked about it. Sometimes it's yeah. you know the agent or whoever comes up with these weird things, and the person themselves would just ignore it. They don't mind, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah understood, and I'm sure. I mean, everybody. That's what they want to talk about. It, you know, that's what they want to hear. He's probably done it a million times, but and he wants to highlight. I'm sure he wants to highlight those other things because he. He he actually recorded uh, all shook up before Elvis did uh, before Elvis made that. it famous. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't a big deal of a musician, but he definitely was on the scene and and had a, a decent career that way too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think he did a lot of music in Last House on the Left. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I would be surprised. Would be surprised. Yeah. Which is a, it's weird when I watched that recently. Like I always thought it was like this really dark, you know, horrible movie, but. I watched it recently uh, for an interview, and uh, I was like, "This is a lot funnier than I remember." It's like, a, yeah, yeah, it's much I, more comedic. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, that may have been one of the inspirations, one of the references that Brett sent me for Derelicts, because uh, it certainly has kind of that that vibe. There's there's a lot there's funny stuff in Derelicts, of course, and 
mm-hmm. but then also a lot of gore. <laughs> yeah. Turkey, yeah, turkey it, gore. It, it, <laughs> exactly. Death by turkey, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Mashed potatoes and turkey. I got the whole work. <laughs> uh, and I, and uh, there's a real lack of Thanksgiving horror movies, so I'm glad that there's a really good one out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of Christmas horror movies. Yeah, it's Halloween, but there's not very many Thanksgiving ones. Yeah, no, it's it's ripe for for uh, yeah. something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I told I told somebody else too. It was so it was hard. It's hard to to add, that's probably one of the things that they worry about because it's hard to make, especially for continuity in a room full of food is always complicated. Uh-huh. And when it's not just food, it's not just dinner, but it's a Thanksgiving dinner with, uh, what, what is it? Four five, six family members and then six other people. And, and the crew is there. It was an insane shoot. It was in summer in Texas. So it was brutal. Uh, shooting in there because you turn the air conditioning off, of course. So we were all sitting there with three-day-old mashed potatoes in a room that's about <laughs> 90 degrees inside with 10 or 12 people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what did you think of the, the movie when you first saw it, when it's first finished? Uh, oh, I thought it was super fun. I mean, I was blown away by the music. Um, and it really, you know, i tell you, when we were on set, um, I got a chance to look at monitor one time and he, it was a shot of, uh, Samson who's on the, the bad family or depending on what your point of view is. He was with the uh, invading family and, uh, he did a shot with him laughing and the camera just like zoomed in on him really quick, kind of very much like stuff that happens in the seventies, uh, gore movies. And I thought, Oh, this is super fun. This is so fun. And this is how this is going to, you know, I got a better idea of what it was going to look like. And then the movie was very much like that. It, it was just, um, yeah, a lot of fun. And, uh, of course I knew what was going to happen the whole time, but, <laughs> but it was just like, it's almost cartoonish in a way, you know, mm-hmm. it, it had that not in a bad way, but in a way that was like very animated and colorful. Uh, and the music was highlighted that the music was sort of over the top in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, super fun, super fun. Yeah. What was the interaction like with Les Best? He was another great actor in the movie. He's probably one of my favorite actors in Austin. Actually, I was, I was knocked out by him. Um, mainly because, you know, when we're doing the scene, he did what he did. And when he's off camera, he is one of the nicest guys that I've met. He's, he, I don't, did you talk to him already? Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah, he's just such a sweetheart. I mean, he just cares about everybody, and he really cares about the work. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't have an, I don't have enough good things to say about him. He's such a great guy. Um, but yeah, it was phenomenal because you know we saw those takes you know three or four times, and he brought it every time, and he he got a lot of spit on me accidentally while he was doing <laughs> it. But I love him. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal. I think I think he's the best thing in the movie for, for my money. He's, he's the best thing in the movie. I'm, I'm so glad he was on board. Um, especially cause again, cause of that contrast. I mean, I was, I'm really surprised to see him do that because, because he's one of the nicest guys. He, he would never, he wouldn't hurt anyone for any reason. And so to see him act that way was amazing. 
Yeah. When I talked to him, he said that he like he studied a lot of uh, Charles Manson for the role, and not just like yeah. you know, tr- but like the the background of Charles Manson. We kind of made Charles Manson Charles Manson. It was uh, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, like I say, he he does the work, and he he really cares about everything that's happening on um, so it's, it's Yeah, a pleasure. Because it it does add some sympathy to the uh, to the derelicts at one point in the film. I think his character and the and the big speech by uh, Black Forest. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the goal, I think, mm-hmm. is to yes, yeah, so you can kind of. It, at least at the very least you're seeing, Oh, this is a, these, these families are parallel in a way, you know, you kind of care about them a little bit. You, at first you're, you're, you're meant to care about the, the family. And then by the time they're dead, you're kind of glad. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's done very well. <laughs> yeah. So, so how long did you do uh, a comedy before you became an actor? Um, hmm, not that long, maybe a year or two. Uh, I've been doing improv for 10 years now. I, I still do it in LA mm-hmm. and um, it's invaluable to acting. I think, I think improvisation is really invaluable to, to kind of freeing your mind. Um, and it's, it's not like on set, you can say whatever you want, but you, um, when you're rehearsing, you can say what you want and it really will take you to different places where that you would not have expected to go. Uh, a lot of times actors will get the words in front of them and they'll, you get obsessed about the ways you can say those words and you're just saying those words and you're saying them over and over. Whereas if you take a moment and just improvise on a, on a simple beat, like one sentence, read that sentence and then just riff on it for as long as you like with other people, it's, it's amazing what you learn about yourself and the character. And so um, I find that really useful for me and, and all kinds of projects. But yeah, I think I'd only been... Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I, I want to say it was less than two years that I'd been doing improv that um, I got a audition there actually at the improv theater and uh, for a feature film. And uh, that was my first movie. So I assume you moved to L.A. to, to work in movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, what, that's, that's, a movie. that's where it is. Because uh, um, one of the actors I talked to said in in it's starting to like uh, dry up in, in Texas because of like new laws there. Yeah, um, that's true because the legislature didn't approve um, any in, in even incentives for people to come in like tax breaks uh, yeah. for movies. Um, and I don't know why, but um, yeah, that's true. But even prior to that, there isn't a lot of work there. There's just not a lot of people don't haven't this, you know, they don't, they just, well, the incentive makes it, makes it bigger sell. I mean, a lot of everyone loves Austin everywhere you go in the world. People love Austin and I know people want to shoot there, but um, yeah, without the incentives, there's nothing there. And there wasn't a lot there to begin with. It's just, you know, it's a pretty small market relatively. And so the resources aren't all there. Um, you know, you can get them. Dallas probably has a lot of resources in Houston, but um, those those markets, they, yeah, they just don't have as much stuff to offer uh, bigger film crews. And but it's growing. You know, I think even regardless of the incentives, <clears throat> you have uh, often in particular. That's the one I can speak of. Uh, is really creative. You have people that that just love to make things. Traditionally, it's music. It's the so-called live music capital of the world. 
and um, music has always been Austin's big draw, but Austin in general has just grown so much in the last 20 years that um, it's inevitable that, uh, you know, a lot of those indie filmmakers will start making things. And it's, in a lot of ways, it's about the smaller movie now, as I'm sure you know. Uh, know, There's there's so many different avenues for little movies to find their way. They may not be $10 million, but uh, they have an audience out there. They have a place they can go. So we'll see how it goes. But compared to Los Angeles, there's not, there's just not a lot of work. And especially for even people like me, I'm kind of a prostitute um, in this way. Because <laughs> I will I'll work on anything. I don't, I don't really discriminate too much uh, outside of, I guess, pornography, but no one's asking. <laughs> Uh, no one's knocking on my door anyway. So, uh, but you know, I'll do anything for, because there's so many different venues for, for making stuff on the web and, uh, even Snapchat. I've done Snapchat material. Like they have a narratives. Really? uh, Yeah. They have these crime shows that they do. They're really short, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've done, you know, I'll do it all. I don't, and, and, and stuff like, uh, Funny or Die and College Humor and there's some smaller versions like Super Deluxe and Full Screen. Those places do all these tiny little super cheap productions and they put them on their on Facebook, for example, and they'll get hundreds of thousands of views and they sell advertising that way. And you know, and everything. So I'll, I'll, and that's something you know, I've, I've grown into where I'm like, I realize I just like doing this. It's fun. So I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care. I don't care what it is usually uh Mm -hmm. there have been a couple of projects that i've turned down but in general i'll do it all and they're just so i work constantly in la on all kinds of things good you know big ones and small ones and and uh and that wasn't really available in austin there is just at the time you know it's growing Mm -hmm. i I think it i think it'll get there um because austin's such a great place to live and there's so many creative people there and there's a shitload of money in austin so um, hopefully that will that will grow. I would love to work in Austin, you know, sometime, fly out there and do do more stuff. I love yeah. the town. Yeah. You miss a barbecue in, from uh, Texas? <laughs> you bet. Yeah. yeah. Some of the some of the best. Right there. I miss it all. I mean, Austin's a really special city uh, for all kinds of reasons. And in fact, food is not just barbecue, but all kinds of food has really exploded there. So it's it's it's. Uh, I'm glad I left because I had been there for 25 years and it was getting, I would have, I was in danger of becoming a bitter old man on my front porch, yelling at kids to get <laughs> off my lawn uh, and, and griping about the traffic because it used to be a certain way. And now it's another way. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas LA is all fucked up. There's nothing they can do to LA to fuck it up anymore. So I'm happy. <laughs> all right. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> so uh, well, what are you working on now? Well, um, I'm working on the um, on my on the next short that I, that I hope to direct, and uh, I'll keep writing that. One of the lessons from Fetish was because I did not set out to make a movie. I, I wrote it for a long time, and I even on set I made a couple of changes. So I, I feel like you can never stop kind of tweaking the the um, the script to make it more efficient and more effective. So I'm gonna you know I'll work on this for a little while, and then in the meantime I'm um, just acting as much as possible. I've been, uh, I got a brand new agent before I headed out on holiday here. So next year, I hope to be, uh, hope it's going to be a good year. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'll start auditioning for some bigger projects. Most of the stuff I've been doing now is non-union. I did 
a couple of network shows in in Texas, which is a right to work state, so you don't have to join the union. So I worked on that show Dallas, and I worked on uh, Revolution on NBC, and um, got the money for a union, but I didn't have to join the union. And when I moved to LA, I just thought I'm going to stay non-union and and work as much as possible, you know, because I haven't been acting that long. Who the hell do I think I am? <laughs> so, uh, but now. Now I feel comfortable. I've done enough work in LA and I've been, you know, in acting classes and um, I feel confident. So I'm going to, I'll start auditioning for regular union television shows and we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll, I'll keep, uh, hopefully I'll get an opportunity. And by that, you know, I mean money to, uh, <laughs> to uh, direct that next, that next thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I, I not to see you here. Right? I thought fetish was awesome and I love Daryl. Oh, so, yeah, thanks so much, man. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. I, uh, it's uh, it's still going out to some festivals, so hopefully uh, it'll cross your path again sometime again. All right, yeah, I'll be going to the Boston Underground Film Festival in a couple months. Sweet. Be there or not, but yeah, it's a, that was the first festival I went to last year. Uh, it was a great time, so back in this year. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, is there any place people could follow uh, uh, yourself or uh, or Fetish online? Yeah, the best place is Instagram. So David Lee Hess and then Fetish the Film are both on Instagram. You can catch us there. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, thank you, Neil. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're uh, feeling better, too. Uh, yes, and uh, Yeah, and thanks so much for, uh, for uh, getting in touch with us. Be so